0: The Solid 7 Podcast is a proud affiliate of GORUCK. GORUCK designs and builds the toughest gear on the planet, tested and proven at thousands of GORUCK events held all over the world and led by current and former Special Forces combat veterans. The GORUCK brand stands for building better Americans, the Special Forces way of life, and a life-or-death approach to building the world's toughest gear. Visit Solid7Podcast.com and click on the GORUCK link to learn more about their gear and events. And a portion of every purchase and every event registration you make will go to support us here at the Solid 7 Podcast. Well, hello, world, and welcome back to a Solid 7 Podcast, a better than average podcast, if I do say so myself. And of course, I do. This is your host, Kale, and back with me this week, you know him, you love him, one of our podcast regulars, Mr. Jason Shorey. Welcome back to the show, sir.
1: Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me again.
0: Not without its trials and tribulations getting back to this point. Thanks to Riverside once again, but uh, thanks to the magic that is Apple and FaceTime, a technology company that actually has their crap together, uh, here we sit. But... I digress. I'm not gonna let Riverside and their garbage product eat up any more of uh my podcast time. So there's that. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff that we
1: get to talk about tonight, man. Good
0: lord. Well, uh not without getting some podcast business out of the way. We are, of course, as always, fueled by Jocko Go here on the Solid Seven Podcast. Oh, that's nice. Right there. I'm going with uh the OG Mango here today. Cheers, sir.
1: Cheers. If if I were a uh, a solid eight or a solid nine, I would have ordered some Jocko Go still, and yet again, I did not. So I had to get the local fare for Northern Michigan, which does not carry Jocko Go. So thanks, Origin Mate.
0: All right. So if this episode's
1: subpar, uh, now we all will all know know why. <laughs> so uh, the reason it's going to be subpar is because last week you have cadre DS who's your all-time running high ranking, and now you fall back on me, who's like your all-time least ranking. So uh, that's, that's where that's going to happen. Uh, no, I don't
0: think all-time <laughs> least. Come on, buddy. But no, and, and and I'll tell you right now, You know, as we sit and record, we're of course recording on a holiday. May the 4th be with you, sir. Um, Absolutely. But uh, with so, you, so we're actually just a few days, we're recording, we're just a few days into... Yeah. Uh, the episode with uh, with Dan Skidmore cadre DS uh, being live and that episode is just on fire. Um, just I mean it, it's just it's been it's been a good couple of weeks for the podcast. So if you if you're new here, uh, welcome and thank you. Uh, I know some of you are. I, I've seen um, follows and subscriptions just across the board on podcast apps and social media. Uh, rising for the past few weeks here and uh, just lots and lots of people enjoying uh, the last episode and seeing that trick trickle over to some other episodes has been uh, cool so welcome I-, I will say if you're here because of go ruck or sandlot jacks if we met out there or or that's how you found the podcast uh it's the last few have been some some rucking heavy episodes um and no apologies for that big go ruck fan big fan of rucking get out get active Um, be healthy. Uh, But this one, not so much. So if that's why you've been around, that's cool. Stick around. There's always going to be more of that stuff. Uh, But today, just, just sit back and relax. Uh, we'll still entertain you. Uh, maybe you'll learn something new. Uh, maybe we'll just make you angry. I don't know, but it'll be fun. <laughs> it'll be fun one way or the other for sure. So, You,
1: you know, that's one of the things I, I really do love about this podcast as uh, in comparisons to several others that are out there. And there are several that have kind of gotten along this same shtick where, uh, where it's friends just kind of talking even, uh, regardless of what it is, whether it be Go Rock or whether it be Colorado craft beef or whatever the case may be it's it's just good solid time where people are hanging out and i feel like whether people know you personally uh, or know your guests personally i feel like it's one of those things where those people could sit back listening to it and argue with it when they're driving down the road uh, and almost have a conversation with it which is just i don't know i think that was kind of the purpose behind it is that that thought process of uh, sitting down to lunch and 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 just having a conversation uh, with friends or whatever. And it definitely still has that feeling. I love it. And that's one of the reasons I love this podcast so much.
0: Uh, well, I mean, we're a good hang, man. I, I don't, I don't, I make no bones about it. So, you know, I have the thought today too. Or, well, uh, today here recently over the last couple of days is I'm working on some bookings because, um, we've, we've made some big connections. There's some big things, um, in the works, some exciting things, some really exciting guests, uh, that I'm, I'm working on, uh, you know, kind of nailing down some dates with here for the podcast and um it's cool it's exciting it's stuff i've been working towards it's awesome um but i don't i just don't foresee a point where i won't still have the stable of regulars cycling through um you know and it's just that there there's nothing magical per se about like you know famous people or you know just whatever that makes there takes more interesting. Certainly there's subject matter experts and stuff like that. But I mean, just there's people, hopefully, I I mean, this is true in my life is, and which is what I I try to bring to the podcast. And hopefully it's true for the listeners. And if not, maybe that's why you're here. But like, there's people in my everyday life that are intelligent and funny and have great takes on things and different viewpoints. I'm like, that's not really any different, you know, like Joe blow, like Hollywood actor. Would I take like, do I want Chris Pratt on the podcast? Absolutely. <laughs> Open door, Mr. Pratt. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just think kind of seeking out those guests and stuff exclusively. Uh, you know, I don't know that it's, uh, it might bring you more eyes and ears, but I don't know that the end product is any better than bringing on an unknown who has an interesting story or a quirky personality or, or you know, whatever. So.
1: I don't disagree. I'm but right
0: there with you. I digress. Now I am. I am excited about all of the new listeners that might be finding us. Uh, you know, as scripted television goes goes dark <laughs> right now, because it's. Uh, I do like. There's always a little bit of Schadenfreude with me. Um, when these, uh, we're referencing, of course, the, uh, the Hollywood writer strike that has Mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. started. And I can't remember when the last one was. I mean, I guess back in the days when like
1: 08 or something like that, if I remember right,
0: like when the office and all that stuff was, was still on the air. And, uh, but so it's, it's been a while, but what's always funny to me is when the late night shows go dark because those guys (laughs) who are supposed to be like these professional funny men, actually aren't responsible for any of their own material zilch (laughs) yeah so
1: uh. yeah i think conan o'brien was one of the only ones that did the last time that this was all going on and uh so he he kept recording but if you remember like he started letting his beard grow out or something along those lines and and refused to shave his beard while they were on strike but he he just ended up writing because that's what he did initially so Uh, he was about the only one you know and I, i man it can't just happen to the any better people out there that they just have nothing to talk about and fill our brains with, with <laughs> nonsense right now. Sorry. Cause that's about all it is.
0: I just, you know, it's funny cause I, I'm actually, I'm getting old enough to where I'm to the point where I can't really use the, you know, I'm old enough to remember a joke. Um, cause I, I am actually <laughs> old enough. Um, but I'm old enough to remember when late night was funny and they were, mm-hmm. uh, equal opportunity offenders, not unlike, you know, like family guy, like family guy, they lampoon everybody, like yeah, yeah. every every race, every religion, every gender, every uh, sexual orientation. No one is safe from the writers over at Family Guy, um, and you know the same thing uh, for for South Park. You know, just different shows like that. Yeah. Late Night used to be that way, not as edgy, not necessarily as potentially offensive, but uh, and it just hasn't been that way for. I'd say a while, I mean, I guess this latest batch of hosts really is when when there was a change with it, but you know, the scripted shows, they're going to go dark, the the uh, you know, the late night show is going to go dark, but the Solid Seven podcast is still here because don't you know, ain't nobody writing this stuff? <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, you'll also, uh, you know, speaking of it being Star Wars Day. Uh, but uh, you'll be happy to know that uh, that the whole script for Andor is already written, and they're already in the process of recording. So they don't have to worry about the the, the actual strike going on, uh, other than maybe rewrites or something like that, which they haven't said how they're going to handle rewrites. Yeah. But at least the script itself, they can they can roll with and and keep recording. So it's still on track for. For coming out here, uh, I think, later on this year even, I think, is when the next season's supposed to hit. It's either late this year or early next year.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it impacts production schedules for, uh, particularly in instances like that, where the core of the work is already done, just because, I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm no industry expert, but uh, regular listeners will know I'm a big fan of The Office, ladies. I'm a moderate fan of The Fake Doctors, Real Friends. It's a phenomenal show. When they stay on topic, um, but uh, so no, I again Zach Graff, Donald Faison, open invite, come on the podcast. Uh, I'd love uh, to actually see how those guys would react to me as a human being. <laughs> No, I say that. I was just—I mean, I'm obviously I'm gonna rabbit trail us here a little bit, and it's okay because it's my podcast. Uh, but I was talking with somebody just about that today because um, actually, I T Eric, who's a great supporter of the podcast here and a, and a good buddy of mine, um, actually picked up and, and was has been listening to their podcast, some, and he's been remarking how funny it is because he's he's like traveled back in time because it's like smack dab in COVID, right? Listening to these guys start this podcast. And they're just prone to—I don't know if they do this anymore. I—I I, I think they just don't care to even kind of keep up a facade of it. But they would always say, you know, like, "We don't—we're not political, or we don't want to get political." And it was always, you know, the saying is, uh, "Nothing before the butt matters." So anytime they would say that, you knew <laughs> something political was coming. And um, you know, for whatever it's worth, we're on pretty opposite sides of the political spectrum. And so it was just—it was funny to me listening. I'm a big boy. I put my big boy pants on. I'm thick-skinned. Um, you know, like what these two guys, I don't know, think of me or who I am, doesn't really bother me. That's not going to keep me up at night. Right. If, I, if, they're, if the content's entertaining, you know, okay, whatever. But it, it, was, it was funny, um, you know, listening to them. They're in California. They're of de- a completely different political bent than me. And a lot of their commentary would be about things like not believing what they're doing in Florida. And you know, commenting <laughs> on conservative people and risking lives and Florida, risking lives, and they that just, didn't age well. But they they just say all these things where I'm like, dude, if these guys could hang out in a room with me, they'd like me. Like I'm I'm positive of that. Like we I think we'd get along fine. I think we have similar senses of humor in a lot of ways, um, and I I just think they'd realize like how many of their assumptions like are, are just, just wrong. And I think it's just a lack of exposure. I'm like, you don't have anybody in your life who like is actually living in these other places or sits on the other side of the political spectrum. I know you don't like, because what your understanding is what the people you're describing is a caricature of those people there. You're describing Marjorie, Marjorie Taylor Greene. As portrayed by MSNBC. That's the person that you think you're talking about. And so I you know, I say that. I would love to have those guys on the podcast. I would like to talk about some of those things that would probably be controversial for them or or them vice versa for a lot of my audience, just to be like, dude, guys, there's there's more to life. And I'm
1: you know, the crazy thing is, um, and it's something that I've really, really, really been noticing maybe over the last month or two. Um we were in Dominican Republic uh, early February. We were down there. And uh, my girls, like in my house or whatever, we had Jocelyn's getting ready to be 14 years old now. Ariana's 12 years old. Uh, but they still watched Nickelodeon and Disney and all of that kind of stuff. And um, just noticing the commercials and stuff that would play and, and the, the agendas, honestly, that were being really, really pushed, not even in the shows, but what was happening in between shows. and. Um so I had just kind of gotten tired of it I'm like you know what I was like we're we're filling our minds with this stuff and I'm done you know and and so we had actually gotten rid of that we have dish networks so we got rid of those channels because we have Disney plus anyways um so this way they're just able to go directly to the show and watch the sh- the shows and stream the shows and kind of ixnay all the extra stuff or whatever uh, but one of the things that really surprised me is being down in just the Dominican Republic itself is not, literally none of those agendas were being pushed. None of those commercials, none of those extra things that are being added in, uh, in between the different cartoons and TV shows, uh, none of that was there. And, and I've started paying more attention to it here, stateside, uh, just realizing the difference of the news that is given or the information that is provided in different areas, even of our country. And we like to think that we're not like China. Um, but man, I'm, I'm realizing more and more how much we are modeling like them. It's just in a broader spectrum because it targets areas. And so you have people that are living out in California and whatever, or or New York or wherever these different places are, but the information that they are being fed is different than the information that people are receiving in heavily conservative areas. And because of that, it definitely sways their opinion and their understanding of all of the facts and the issues that are out there too, because that's just what they're being fed. So they're only hearing one side of it. So that's the one side they understand and they believe and they stand with because they don't understand the difference of of perspective that could be out there because they're not being given that even, you know? Yeah. Well,
0: I mean, there, there's several things at play there. Um, you know, the, the media on demand is part of the problem in that, um, everybody's curating their media at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very easy to silo yourself and never hear an oppose, opposing point of view. Yeah. Um, so so there there's that you you can you you're kind of um self restricting your yourself into um the these silos and these echo chambers right and left both sides everybody everybody does it. Um, you're on social and then. Social media, the algorithms, we, we know this, like this is proven stuff reported on. It's not, you think the algorithm would feed you the kind of stuff you like. It doesn't care about what you like. Yeah. It will feed you the stuff that you engage with. Mm-hmm. And so it will feed you stuff that will get you worked up. It will feed you stuff of, um, you know, you're just as likely to go look at this garbage as you are. Look at this funny thing or look at this awesome thing. So it builds that rage. It builds that d- division because the algorithm's not thinking. It doesn't care. It's it's an algorithm. It's math. And right. it's just what are you more likely to spend more screen time on? What are you more likely to share? What are you more likely to follow? What are you more likely to return to? Um, so it just builds on that rage. But then also um, my suspicion is that part of what you experienced in, in DR is a lot of what we're dealing with um, in America now as societal strife and disunity is for all of the joking about this aside, legitimate first world problems in oh, that yeah. Yeah. were, um, rather mm-hmm. you think you're, you're wealthy or not, whether you, you know, um, think you have problems and struggles or life in life or not. When you zoom out and look at things on a global scale, um, uh, on a global level, you probably are wealthy. Um, the The problems that you have, sure, life has its struggles, life has its sorrows. Everybody's got their baggage, but you're you're probably not struggling to subsist. Like your challenges probably aren't clothing and food and roof over your head. Certainly not on the scale that it is for much of the population in some place like DR. And right, right. so, when you live someplace where <laughs> Your real problems are, where's my next meal going to come from? Can I get uh, you know, medical treatment for my child or myself? All these things that are, are legitimate um, existential problems. You don't have time for the fluff of, can a drag queen read a story to a child? Um, you know, how many genders are there And uh, its turn? I haven't... I, I don't know if it's genders or sexuality that are like infinite or fluid or a spectrum. Maybe it's supposed to be both. Uh, obviously I don't think either are. I think they're they're binaries. Um, you know, personal belief. Uh, I think I, <laughs> I think I could bag it up with some things. We all used to think we could bag it up with some things. Um, but there's just no time for that like when you're trying to ch- when you're chasing the next meal. Right. And so I, right. I think that's so that like the lack of the the media influence in those places and then the, the legitimate struggle, which we've largely eliminated, we're, we're in the, um, you know, soft men make hard times part of the cycle right now. Right. Um, absolutely. And, you know, they're still in, you know, hard, hard men dealing with hard times um, where they're at trying to make things better. And so I think that's why, why you see that difference.
1: Yeah, that's that's very true. I mean, that and uh, when you don't, we do when you don't, we, we I mean, you look you look here where we live. You know what I mean? We could all find areas that we know are definitely much much lower income than where we would be living um, or where we experience. Like we could go find those places, and and honestly, we tend to uh, stay away from those places because of fears or whatever the case may be, right? Um, but we could all find them. We know where they're at. But they're also a lot smaller. Whereas, like again, kind of going back to Dominican Republic, we're staying at this resort. You know, we didn't pay for it. It was awesome. We actually had someone uh, fund the trip for us, and it, man, it was an amazing time going out there and, and doing that. But um, but being there, you are like you're in the resort. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It's spectacular. But literally, all it takes is going a block outside of that resort, and and you realize where you're at. You know, there's literally mountains of trash. Uh, all over the place. There's like fences to try and cover it up because you're staying at a resort and they don't want you to see it. And all these houses that don't have windows and broken this and people getting into fights in the street. I mean, it was, it was absolutely crazy. And you really didn't have to go very far to see that kind of stuff. Um, and, And that's the truth of it. You know, it's, it's this glamorized area where you're at, but you step outside of that one little spot and it's exact opposite. Whereas where we live, the vast majority of everywhere you go is, is nice. It's, it's first world, you know, Yeah. and you have to go and, and really seek out areas where it's where you find people that are having a more, uh, a higher difficulty of living. Yeah. It's the stark opposite.
0: I don't, uh, you know, I certainly don't think we're we're going to come up with the solution on the solid seven podcast. That said, I mean, I think, you know, open and honest public discussions about these things and, um, you know, owning what part of the problem, you know, we share in, or or at least making sure we're not part of the problem where it's like, you're, you know, making sure you're not siloed, making sure you are listening to opposing voices, making sure that you're not dehumanizing the people that you disagree with understanding that it's okay. like, um, you don't have to hate someone just because you don't want to vote for them. That's okay. Like, I don't wish ill upon you. I just don't want you to be in office, and so I'm not going to to vote for you. I don't want bad things to happen to you or your family or people like right. you. Um, I just want you to not have a say in public policy, and we've got a, a method to do that, uh, and that's okay. You know, that's like Sean Hannity uh, once upon a time before he was, you know, quite the, you know, not quite the lightning rod that he is now. Back in the Hannity and Combs days. Um, you know, would always say I've, I've got no problem going out and having, having dinner and, and being friends with, uh, you know, a, a liberal, I just don't want to vote for them. And I'm like, I think that's, I think that's a pretty healthy, healthy outlook.
1: It's, it's a wise outlook. Yeah. Because I mean, every single one of us, uh, you know, that's, that's the problem that most of us have, honestly, most of us have is we have our version of the truth that's locked up in our head, and we think that that's the only possibility of truth, but there's, there's another truth out there, and usually it ends up being somewhere in between the two, you know? Um, and by having those opposing voices, like you were saying, uh, being able to speak some truth into your life h- helps to bring balance to where we all need to be. And, uh, man, it's, it's such a need, but it's such a, an area of neglect right now in our current society. Uh, where people just refuse to hear any opposing viewpoints or sides, um, because they just they don't want to hear the possibility that they might not be a hundred percent correct. Yeah, you know. I mean,
0: I I had I had this thought recently this past week um, with this this latest shooting. Um, you know that where the deal, and I can't remember was this in uh I got, was this in the Nashville area? Was this in Texas? Right now, anti-gun people are like, see, there's so many, you can't even keep track. Okay. Uh, But this one where a guy was, you know, shooting a rifle, I I assume legally, like on his property, Uh, the neighbor came by, said, hey, can you not? I guess it was late at night. Like, could you not? We have a a baby sleeping, and um, this monster's, this evil, evil monster's uh, solution to this problem was to go over to their house and shoot and kill several people, uh, children included. And then he's, he's been on, on the run. And I I think they finally uh, caught him just now. I I know uh, that was the Texas. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh, you know, the border patrols, Bortac, uh, unit helped, helped capture him. Um, and so I, I saw that and, uh, you know, I've, I've got some dear, dear close friends. I mean, these are people, you know, watch my kids raise my kids if we're dead. Um, Uh, Well, maybe they, I definitely trust them to watch my children. (laughs) That's for sure. But (laughs) like dear friends. And every time something like this goes down uh, you look on the social media and, uh, you know, I'm seeing the posts that are, you know, let's, let's ban the guns and this is the problem. I'm like, what the, the dude was in the country illegally had done so multiple times. He owned the firearm illegally because he wasn't even a legal resident. Um, Like there were all these laws, all these laws, and nothing stopped this. None of those stopped this guy from doing that. And I think the thought behind like ban the guns, like somewhere you just think like passing that law, okay, this gun's banned, ma- makes them disappear, like makes them vanish into thin air. They still exist, and you're not going to go get all of them and they're not all going to be turned in willingly. And when you think it through, you really don't want to just turn neighbors who you're friendly, like you've got no other issues with these people, people you can be close friends with. If not family. Like a lot of people you'd have you have family members like you're willing to turn them into like a legit felon with the 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 stroke of a pen on a bill uh because of their their firearms? Uh, You know, and so I say that like I disagree vehemently with their take on this thing. Um, And you know what would never change their mind, never get them to a a more reasoned and logical position on it is me going, screw them. I'm not not talking. Oh, 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 you want to you want to trample my Second Amendment rights blocked, not hanging out, not hanging out with you anymore. No. Right. No. Right. I, I I we disagree on on an issue, one that's very important to me, one that I think that's integral to our our liberty and our freedom and our society. And and we can talk about that. I'm not going to pull any punches. I'm not going to if it comes up, I I'm, I'm not going to just demur. Um but I I'm also not going to write them off because of that. And it's so I you know, I I think the at least part of the solution has to be focusing on and it's it's cheesy and it's cliche, but there's more that this isn't as true as it used to be, but I do still think there's some truth to it. There's more that unites us than divides us. And Absolutely. like focusing Absolutely. on the things we have in common more than the things we differ on, I think is is kind of where things have to start. I don't think we have shared values to the same degree in this country as we
1: used to in the not-too-distant past. Um, I do think the chasm is getting larger and larger. Uh, but between those, the, like, I mean, I know, I know there's the potential for having uh, more than a two-party system, right? But uh, as far as the country grow, goes and, and grows, uh, there's there's really two genuine opposing values and that chasm seems to be getting further and further at one point you had more people that were more middle ground on on many issues uh, of what was going on and at this point that middle ground is almost disappearing to the point where you only have uh, one or the other choice to to fall back on uh, which is really disappointing um and that's you know kind of goes back to like what we were saying with 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 guns and and helping people understand And the refusal of of hearing, Um, because, I mean, it it goes no further than explaining drugs have been illegal for how many years? And yet they still come into this country. They're still used on a regular basis. There's still all kinds of and and this is not not marijuana and not. No, this is cocaine, crack, fentanyl, all this stuff that's getting laced. People are dying from heroin, all this stuff that people are dying from that's that's getting either manufactured illegally or brought into the country, which is the biggest way that the product is even being brought in at this point illegally. And, and it's been illegal for how many years yet it's still happening. Yeah. And even if they ban every gun, every gun shop shuts down every, even if they take every single person's gun from them, it's still going to find a way into the country and it's going to find the way into people's hands that are doing it illegally. That's the problem.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, I I think we've got to start to find the nuance in this, um, I think you've got to differentiate between um you know like the run of the mill person on the street that you disagree with and and the people uh you know thousands of miles away from most of us in Washington DC um you know trying to play lords and ladies and and move their little pawns around um I I do think there is an an aspect of um you know certain um Oh, it's the word I'm looking for here? I, just political belief systems that do okay. that do want to disarm the populace because they believe in more government. They believe in more totalitarian control, and an armed populace can't be controlled. Um, you you look throughout the history of totalitarian regimes, and one of the first steps always, always, always is to disarm the the people, and that's that's not a coincidence but i don't think for instance my friend who was posting this past week when are we going to do something when are we going to take these guns away when are we going to whatever they're not looking for totalitarian control the driving force behind that is i'm so sick of seeing this loss of life i want this loss of right. life to stop guess what i want to own the firearms for the same exact reason mm-hmm. they're they're not for hunting they're not even really for self-defense, um, though they are just on a grander scale than most people think. They are a hedge against tyranny. They are an insurance policy for liberty, the pursuit of happiness, and the one that you would normally start with life. I want them. We want the same thing. Mm-hmm. You you want to stop unnecessary. You want to protect life. Me too. We're just coming yep. at it from different directions, but let's yep. recognize that the driving factor, the desire, is the same. That's where we find the in common. Mm-hmm. And then, then you can kind of get into the logic of, um, you know, a lot of a lot of people are killed by cars every year, and and not in pure accidents, but in negligent use, like DUIs. We don't take the vehicles away from the people who aren't driving drunk we don't right. we don't offer that up as a solution i'm already to your next counterpoint well cars have innocent uses they're not designed just to kill guns are designed just to kill no guns are designed to 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 protect yes put into use they they cause harm but that harm can be done um, they cause physical injury put to effective use, um, but being put to that physical use isn't always a bad thing. Right? Um, it can be done to to take life in in a, in a bad way, in an illegal way, in a harmful way. But it can also be used to defend life. So that that its only designed purpose ultimately is to cause physical harm. And of course, plenty of the uses cause no physical harm. Um, doesn't mean that any use of it is a bad thing, is an immoral thing, or is a negative thing. And taking away the firearms from the law-abiding populace doesn't save a single life. And you can't do it anyways. You you can't get all of them. It's There's too many out there. You don't know how many they are, there are. You don't know who has them. You don't know where they are. You can't get all the guns you can't make them disappear you you can't it's impossible right. we've got right. it, uh, great if you could wave a magic wand and make all of them disappear would that make things better uh maybe maybe not, but it's just not a possibility that's on the table
1: right yeah. It'll always find a way. It's kind of like Jurassic Park. It'll always find a
0: way. And people are like, oh, well, look what they've done in Australia. Look what they've done in Canada. Well, A, they still don't have all the guns, and B, they've got a population smaller than many American states with far yeah. less firearms. It, it's, not, it's not the same, yeah. and they also don't have a constitution protecting it as a right. So there's, you just, you just have to navigate those things. And so, I I mean, I don't need to pigeonhole on this one topic. It was just uh, because this situation, the scenario is broader than that. Um, It's just something that was fresh from seeing those posts from a friend this week being like, "What's current. I'm like, ah, you like, I see that. And I'm like, "Ah, I wish, I wish you weren't, wish you weren't posting that. What I also didn't do was like post some snarky response uh, or, you know, chime in there because that's never changing hearts and minds, Mm -mm. but will that come up some point while they're hanging out with us and our kids or we're hanging out there? Yeah. And will that be my opportunity to inject, um, you know, some alternative to, to provide some perspective to, to say, I, you know, I get where you're coming from. Have you thought about this though? Have you looked at it this way? Side note, you've been around my firearms many, 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 many times, and you had no idea, and they didn't harm you, and neither did I. Right. <laughs> Everybody made it out alive.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's and it's that, again, that willingness to be able to talk and understand that that none of us have 100% of the truth working in our lives. That's just the truth. Um, none of us do. None of us are perfect. There's, there's no perfect people out there. And... And when we start recognizing ourselves as being fallible as well, um, man, it, it should at least humble us to the point of listening. And right now, that's just not happening very often, and it sucks.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know how we make it a lot better with, uh, without drastic changes to uh, media and social media. And it's,
1: I think that's where it stems from is, is media and social media and, and bringing about this very, very me centered and centric lifestyle that social media has created, uh, far greater than, than ever before. Um, and I think that's, that's a big part of the problem to be honest. Well, it, you know,
0: I, I see solutions and I, and I see hope in, in different places, um, you know, again, listeners, if you're new to the podcast, uh, you know, I'm a uh, I'm a Christian with a podcast. It's not a Christian podcast, whatever that distinction means to you. Um, you know, Jason's a pastor, that's how he uh he earns his money and uh, you know, and it's just I don't know. We don't get into it here. We don't get too dogmatic, but we're also not shy about it. But it's like, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say uh like to, if, if I was going to sit here and just be, you know, whatever, th- these are, these are spiritual issues with, with spiritual solutions. Um, you know, yep. like it, it, the meme solution to this is everybody just needs Jesus, <laughs> right? Like, um, <laughs> you know, so, so there's that, but, um, you know,
1: I, <laughs> I wish that was the answer because how many denominations are there out there right now? You know what I'm saying? Oh. It's for the exact reason Oh. That that you know that you have some that stand for uh, different agendas right now, and and some that are against, and some that agree with, and some that shoot down, and some that stand with, and some that stand against, and uh, it's it's the same thing. I, I wish that were the genuine solution, but it's all in how people receive uh, that that <laughs> truth into their life. Is again. That's that's a big part of the problem is taking yourself out of the picture. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and you know, full full disclosures here for the listeners: like if you're an atheist, a secularist, agnostic, um, you believe in something else entirely, uh, you know, and you're about to hit the pause or the stop button because I'm not going to sit here and listen to these Christian guys. Listen, we're well aware Christians are the worst, <laughs> um, and in that I mean that, and I mean that is a true statement because. Um, we're part of the broader set of um, what's commonly referred to as humanity, and humanity mm-hmm. is the worst. And uh, identifying as a, as a Christian um, just doesn't uh, preclude you from that at all times. Um, it does not. So uh, well aware that, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I saw some, uh, something along the lines of the day of like, you know, if you eat a bad steak, you don't blame the cow right? When people are like, right. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I hate church or I hate God. No, people were just crappy to you because we're crappy. That's why we think people, that's why people need a savior because we suck. Um, yeah. <laughs> so don't, don't blame the cow. Um. But anyways, I digress. So, you know, that aside, where I, I think there are, you know, spiritual issues at play here and there's solutions to be had there. Um. But beyond that, you start to see some hope in that Um, you know, I think Gen Z, God bless them. uh, I got plenty of issues with you, Gen Z, but like, I think they're starting to kind of see what this whole narcissistic social media, like everybody's their own Truman show, is doing to them. I I, I just say, like, I read an article this week, I should have tagged it, don't remember where it was. Just about this growing percentage of Gen Z that's like snagging like dumb phones. Like they can text and they can call and that's it. There's no web browser. There's, there's, there's a camera maybe. Uh, but just kind of disconnecting in that way, even if they have other devices that are connected. So I'm like, oh, there's a there's a glimmer of hope there.
1: Yeah, there is. Unfortunately, there's it's maybe it's just just now starting. Um I am sure you've heard there's actually there's a, a big law that they're trying to push through right now uh through Congress that's called the Protecting Kids on Social Media Act. Um because of the fact that there are minors that are out there right now um that literally say they are constantly or consistently on their phones and and how it is an addiction and and that what is happening to them from it. And because like you were talking about earlier, how things are targeted and the algorithms that are all there uh, targeting these things. And that's what this particular media act is actually coming against is those things for minors, because it is so unhealthy and it's creating a generation that is so depraved and even depressed uh, at this point because of it. Have, Have you heard about that yet?
0: Um, You know, I, I don't know that I've heard specifically about what you're referencing. Obviously, ideas like this have been floated. <laughs> this is where the libertarian hairs on my neck start to stand up, though. <laughs> um, I was
1: wondering how you felt about that.
0: Is, y- yes, let's, let's have our children be less engaged in these things or engaging in these things in a healthier way. But I don't co-parent with the government. Mm-hmm. My kids are my kids. They're not our kids. They're not their kids. They're not your kids. Right. Um and so I have no interest in abdicating my parental responsibilities to the government. And not at any level, and certainly not at the federal level. Um and and here's the thing, because I don't trust them to decide what's appropriate for my child to be exposed to and not exposed to. Uh, because I think there's, um, plenty of people there that wouldn't want my kid exposed to say, while we're talking about libertarians, total twins, Mm-hmm. Yeah. or, you know, Oh, that's, that's propagandizing children. Um, or right. that wouldn't want say, you know, like your, your girls are, are, you know, teen preteen. Um, you know, like Frank Turek's this uh, awesome, really entertaining, really compelling uh, Christian apologist that's got uh,
1: great media content. Um, and that's the stuff that they're really, honestly, um, it's it's kind of like the Patriot Act. When, when the Patriot Act came down, I would say most of us that were able to vote for it all voted right along with it because we didn't see the evils of it because we were seeing a whole different evil on that point that we wanted to bring down, you know? Uh, and I think that's if this does pass, I think it'll be f- for the very same reasons, uh, because the way it's being pushed is, uh, well, you've got to stop targeting and and focusing on minors. You're not allowed to do that anymore. You know, And there's a couple things specifically in there that are allowed, like Roblox or something like that. There are some things like that that we're still allowed. And, and while it seems innocent, uh, the fact that you and I both know, Typically, when things seem innocent, they're not innocent and there's a, an ulterior motive behind it. And I, I would be absolutely willing to guarantee even that that's the case, that all of these things, like like you said, like Tuttle Twins and like conservative views and all of those things would be stricken. And you're not allowed to watch them anymore. You're not allowed. Nope, that's targeting teens. That's targeting youth. You can't target teens and youth. It's against the law now. You're not allowed to do that. And And it's them picking and choosing. Uh, so I actually, I'm right there with you. Yeah, that, not, that's,
0: I, I, and, and well, yeah, and that's what I was going to get to. Um, I feel like there needs to be some solutions like these. I just don't know how you do it and respect our freedom of speech or our freedom of religion. And, it's and called being a parent. The, the challenge, well, okay, yes, yes, and that works for you and me, but there's a lot of crap parents out there too. But, but again, I think they're crap parents, <laughs> right? But they okay. don't. Maybe some of them do know, but they don't think they're crap parents, right? And so it's, right. but that's the thing with these things: who gets to define it? Who gets to set the parameters?
1: Yeah. And so, well, I know in this Social Media Act, they're literally talking about having a government-run age verification system. Like this is like, man, they are. It, you know, it, it leaves the caveat to if the if the platform or whatever wants to do it, they can. But the plan is to have the government do so. Like that is the initial process. Is they are going to have a government-run age verification system that uses IDs to verify ages. And uh, literally, there's there's even states right now. I think Utah was the most recent one that actually put a curfew in place uh, for for underage or minors being online. To where if they are logged in at 10:30, I think is literally. I think that was the deadline where they're cut off from social media somehow, some way. I don't know how they're doing it, but. Um, but that was a law that was just passed recently or whatever, and, and that's that's kind of the thought behind this yeah. is um, government overreach, which I'm not a big fan of, but also on the other side of that is there is an ulterior motive that is there. And I don't think that necessarily a lot of the politicians even realize it is going the direction it is, uh, but of enabling the government to control more and making a higher level of dependence on the government yeah. to take care of things. And it's not just a financial thing. It's in most areas of life where there is a dependence on the government. And that is everything that the Constitution has stood against from from the time it was penned.
0: I mean, screw it being the government. You brought up ha- having Disney Plus. and And still, at least, you know, for my part, for what I want my kids exposed to and not exposed to, I police what they watch on Disney Plus. Mm -hmm. Not everything on there is just fair game for them. But we, when we got it, you know, you set up your little profiles for each user, and the kids had profiles. But Mm -hmm. if you notice, a while back ago, you'd go into the kids' profile, and it would want you to enter their date of birth, so that it can, you know, funnel and filter appropriate content to them. Disney. You don't need my child's birthday. I've never <laughs> filled it in. I use everything on my one adult profile.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because you don't need my kid's birthday, Disney. Right. Like have have parental controls. Have it where you can set and turn on and off certain things, and turn on and off certain ratings. One hundred percent, that should exist. I I decide. I decide that. Right. Now you and it, 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 it just I uh, mean... Now, where I do find some nuance here, right, is uh, what I'm sick of, what America has to stop doing, is applying our our rights and our freedoms to outside agents and entities. I'm sorry if you're not an American. I'm not saying let's go violate human rights. That's not at all what I'm saying. But the Constitution... If you're a foreign national or a foreign government trying to say, I don't know, buy up U.S. farmland, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> our constitution and our constitutional rights don't apply to you. You enter our country illegally. Um, no, I'm not super concerned. I, I'm concerned about your human rights, but those the constitution extends beyond human rights and they don't apply to you. I'm not worried about your due process. I'm just not. Right. Buy, go back, get in line. Oh, it's so hard to get <laughs> in. I know, because it's awesome. Yeah. I know. I'm sorry. And, and it's it's always so funny to me, like the dichotomy of people who are pro-open borders are also some of the most vehement about how just awful and backwards our country's been. Our whole system is racist. We've always been, our our whole system is built on racism and colonialism and oppression. Um, And, but we need the open borders because everybody wants here so bad because it's, you know, like, you know what, you know what Cuba doesn't need a strong immigration policy. (laughs) They do not, you know, where they're not banging down the doors, Venezuela, just, no you know, no immigration, no illegal immigration problems there. I don't understand. Right. I don't get
1: it. Which I know that, that that law. There was uh what was I seeing? Uh, just recently, there's there's another law that they were talking about that that kind of goes along with that. Um, that that's supposed to be is it the 14th or something like that that's coming up that's supposed to be um, that was it was more tied to like COVID and, and coronavirus and all of that type of stuff uh, that is now uh, trying to be subsided or something along those lines to make it uh, where there's less stickler laws or or regulation for those coming into the country or. Uh, it was something. Something was changing, or it's getting ready to change, or whatever. Here coming really quick, and they thought there was going to be yet again another humongous influx all of a sudden.
0: Oh uh, yeah, no, it, it was uh, title. I think title forty-two is what it was. Um, that was enacted enacted under the Trump administration, and it was basically I don't know all the ins and outs, um, but it was basically some sort of policy of like if you were trying to get of the country, you you had to wait and be held on the Mexican side and stuff like that, and. That's about to lapse and not be renewed. And it's an – like you look at these border towns, it's an absolute crisis right now. They're, they're It's an invasion. They're overwhelmed. They're overrun. They don't have the resources. They don't have the support. Um, do Do a lot of these people just want to come here and find a better life, live the American dream? Sure. But not all. And right. we are a nation of laws. We've established a legal process. By which non-citizens can enter our country, um, and they like they have there's no, no what gives them the, the right to circumvent that? I, I mean there's there's just like res, respect those laws. You want to come here and be you want to become a citizen, you want to be an upstanding member of society that starts by by coming in legally. Um I understand why they want to come here. Mm-hmm. I, I I get it. Um we also though loose border policy and loose immigration policy actually does these countries they're leaving a disservice because it disincentivizes reform in those countries. Re- right. Reform is uh hard, it's messy, it can be dangerous um and when you're weighing the scale of do I try to get into America illegally and not get caught and just live there or fight the hard fight to make things better here um deuces if i know it's high odds that i'm going to make it in and not get caught okay like I I, right. I I get it i would try to come too i get it um but there's no, the
1: path of least resistance yeah it's here it, just to go somewhere that's a better way of life which i again i get that's why we're still here you know Yeah, Uh, it's it's the path of least resistance. It's easier just to to come somewhere that's already a lot better than where you live.
0: But so, you know, backtracking some here. So, um, you know, things I want to see us make moves on are um, no longer allowing allowing these foreign governments, um, foreign entities, um, you know, foreign businesses that are private in name only take advantage of our, our rights, take advantage of our yeah. laws here. Um, let's start to crack down on those things. So when you see things like, and something like TikTok, which I do believe is insidious, which I do believe is, is intentionally a tool used by external forces to degrade and weaken our society. I, I, I mean, it's just not even in question. Um, you know, and TikTok is how they they're trying to sneak in things like this protecting right. our kids on social Media Act, where it's mm-hmm. not just about TikTok. It's wider ranging than that. So it's mm-hmm. a very similar game plan to what the Patriot Patriot Act was. absolutely. Um, and the Patriot Act was really well named. Unconstitutional garbage that has been used to absolutely trample our privacy rights as U.S. citizens. Absolutely, one hundred percent trample our our right to privacy as law abiding U.S. citizens.
1: Um, And but they made us we we got upset enough about a specific thing that enabled them to get us excited about what they were pushing. Oh, right. Well, it's the it's the exact same thing. All 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 they have to do is get the general populace. 50% 50% of the population or just over 50% of the population angry enough about a specific thing. And they're able to flip that vote and, and get what they want.
0: Well, that's the whole, and the right and the left both do it. They both, the right and the left both get to own the Patriot Act. Um, and it's, it's the whole um, never let a tragedy go to waste. I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to dovetail uh, or rabbit trail on a real quick history lesson and constitution lesson here. That is exactly why when our, well, not when our country was founded, but when our constitution was written and enacted, that is why senators were not elected by direct election. That's why the senators have a longer term of six years, which they still do. And that's why they were selected by state legislatures Instead of direct vote of the people, the idea was that the Senate could be more deliberate, could be more slow-moving, and could wait out the emotional response of the populace without paying some immediate political price for it. So the, right. the House, every two years, you can switch out the whole House Every last one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the case in the Senate. And so it was just a little bit farther removed. You would elect who was in your state legislature, but then the state right. legislature would select the senators. So it just it – the idea was to insulate the Senate from that mob mentality. The idea was to give the Senate the ability to go, wait, 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 wait. Let's think this through. Let's not act in haste. And when we passed the, I want to say, 17th Amendment and made it so that the Senate was elected directly by the people and not selected by the legislature, we screwed state rights. And it's part of why you've seen such a massive trampling of states' authority and autonomy by the federal government since then. And you've seen a weakening of the Senate uh, because they are – um, they are more directly affected by that emotional mob mentality. They're not as able to take their time and kind of del- – I mean, this is supposed to be the greatest deliberative body in the history of the world. They're supposed to be able to stop and say, okay, emotions aside, let's look at this thing and let's write not just what should we do, do we even need to do anything? We never ask that right. question anymore. What do we need to do? Right. Sometimes, almost all the time, nothing. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. more than enough laws on the books right now.
1: Absolutely. Oh, yeah.
0: There's more than enough on the books right now. Uh, but I digress. So so where I am okay on things like this, Jason, is um, do, do I think the, the federal federal government should be controlling what my children can and can't see and, and what I, I let them watch. No, I don't think there's a role there. Um, do, <laughs> um, I mean, there's a whole other diatribe to get into with social security numbers and the fact that look on your social security card, it says not to be used for the purpose of identification, which is hilarious, get it, it's Regularly hilarious. Um, but to, so, no, I, I I don't think my child needs to be in a national database or registry to, to see who right. to think about this, to see who's watching what it. I mean, this mm-hmm. is so clearly a step towards like social credit scores.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So clearly that who exactly who's watching exactly. who same thing with digital currency. What with digital currency? every purchase with with government issued digital currency every single purchase tracked and tied right to you what are you spending your money on what are you watching when are you watching it
1: so so and now, i know there's 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 a lot of naysayers uh, on on the whole digital currency thing because there is so many different platforms and ways right now that are unregulated they're not controlled by the by the government or whatever uh, but the fact that the government is the fed itself is planning on having its own digital currency it's slotted to be done and rolling by the end of June. If I remember right, uh, where it's supposed to be fully up and functioning at that point. And man, I don't, I don't know if people realize how scary that is Yeah. because it really does not take anything. At least right now there's, there's the hope that, well, you know, at this point, the the government is seizing banks too, but, uh, the hope is that you'd be able to still go to your bank at any given point and pull that money out. That is, that is at least the hope, even though you may not be able to use an ATM card, a debit card, or something along those lines, a credit card to pull that cash. But at least you could go physically into your bank, hopefully, and pull that cash out if you needed to. If it's, if it's all digital, the government just says, no, no, we're not going to do that.
0: Look at when things started to pop off uh, in Ukraine, when Russia oh, invaded yeah. Ukraine. Um, now again, this was on the the private level, but it's it's the same prospect, same concept uh mastercard, discover card American Express. they just halted they just
1: stopped doing business in Russia which the crazy thing was is it wasn't even it wasn't even the government that got hurt through that process. it was the citizens and they were trying to rally the citizens to to do something about it. But they were the ones that were hurt. The government yeah. was able to do what the heck they wanted. But so, but was, just a minute, so that's these, no longer
0: that's these private companies just deciding all yeah. of a sudden, like, your card doesn't work. Your account's frozen. So transfer that over to the government. Think about if you hated Donald Trump. Donald Trump was the worst president ever. He was a disgrace, an embarrassment, a criminal. He should be behind bars. You're that person. You want to give that person a kill switch on your entire bank account? Exactly. You you attend. Um, you're one of the tens or dozens who uh, attend a Joe Biden rally, and tr- Trump <laughs> Trump deems that insurrection a terrorist action. Your accounts frozen. Because your money doesn't exist; it's ones and zeros somewhere, um, no, or
1: or it flips so, to the other side. Well, but, that,
0: but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like the people who are who are okay with that, let me put you in a position where you're not. Yeah. And so I'm not anti digital currency. People want to you know toy around with Bitcoin, and Ethereum, and and all those things. Um, I I don't think they're a comparable alternative to like a gold or a silver standard, which we 100% should return to. Absolutely. Um, uh, Again, if I can be very, I I call myself conservatarian, but if I can be very, very, very libertarian for a moment, um, the fed is unconstitutional. It shouldn't exist. It should be audited and abolished. Mm -hmm. And we should be turned to a system, be returned to a system of real money, Um, that is backed by a physical commodity like gold or silver. The point being, like, this inflation that we're dealing with now and it's the tip of the iceberg and we have not seen the worst of it is because the Fed, it's funny that the name is Federal Reserve because it's neither federal nor a reserve, can, (laughs) can just print money, can just create money out of thin air and nothing has to back it. When we were on a gold silver and or a gold standard and the silver standard after that, if you wanted to print a dollar, you had to have a dollar's worth of that precious, precious metal sitting somewhere to back it up. I I have, I, I personally have $5 and $1 silver certificates that were they look like a $5 bill, they look like a $1 bill. The ink is different, but they were redeemable for that amount of. Of that precious metal. Right. What backs our money now is the full faith and credit of the United States of America. Um, well, look around the globe. There's not a lot of full faith floating around right now. <laughs> um, and so it just prevents the printing machines from going burr if you have to actually obtain the precious metals or whatever commodity. To back them, so I get the thought process behind things like Bitcoin and Ethereum. Actually, the newest episode of the Tuttle Twin show, which just dropped this week on the Angel Network, is actually about Bitcoin. It's awesome. Buy your kids Tuttle Twin books. Click the link on on my website. Look up Tuttle Twins. Watch their shows. They're amazing. Um, and so I'm not quite as uh, you know hype on Bitcoin. Uh, maybe as they are on the show, but I don't mind those things. It's when the federal government's involved. It's it's this concept mm-hmm. of replacing our physical money um, with um, some kind of federally issued and controlled digital currency. That I have a problem with.
1: Right, right. I mean, again, the, the purpose of the government having more and more control is the issue. It doesn't matter what segment of life it is, the more control they get, the the worse off we are as a, a republic. Yeah. and it's just like
0: it, it, it just right or left like it's just an easy concept to grasp that if you if you if you sit down in logic and you think your way through every time a bill is passed every time a law is passed uh, forget it, your city council every time an ordinance is passed in your city or county every single one makes you less free. there mm-hmm they're all a restriction doesn't mean none of them should exist but they're all a restriction they all make you less free how much less free do you need to be and when you're thinking when you're looking at these issues of granting some some new authority to the government at whatever level or or expanding some authority for the government at whatever level state county city federal whatever Like you always left, right. You have to stop and think, am I okay with the other side having that power and authority? Because it's not always going to be you. And that's like, that's such a mirror sometimes to go, oh yeah, no, I'd be okay with President Biden having this authority, but I would not be okay with President Trump having that authority. Cool. Well, some other Trump's going to come along yeah, or some other Biden's going to come along. Yep. I mean, hey, it, you know, if we want to look at it from my worldview, I never thought we'd see a worse president come along than Jimmy Carter. I I thought <laughs> I thought bad presidencies peaked with Jimmy. You thought. <laughs> and there, uh, you no, nobody on the planet has been happier that the most ardent Trump hater was not happier to see Joe Biden elected than Jimmy Carter was. No one has benefited more from Joe Biden being elected president than Jimmy Carter, um, and and so that's the point. And but but that's the thing. Like if Trump is your Jimmy Carter, if Trump is your worst president ever, an abomination, uh, at just whatever. There's another one coming. They
1: might be worse. <laughs> the exact reason not to give them more power.
0: The exact reason. And, and so, but I, we get so short sighted in these things and they play off our emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that, that's where we find ourselves. Wow. What? Oh, so I still, I, cause I want to make this thought cause we keep, we keep going farther down this, <laughs> uh, down this trail. So I'm going back. So where I am okay, um, is, you know, like we know you can look at the data, like, um, the, the, the way tiktok works like in china in mainland china is completely different from how it functions here the algorithms that are used the information that's fed to their funnel to their youth through it what they have access to completely different that that's part of what gets into how clearly nefarious tiktok is so you mm-hmm. you want to put heavy restrictions on outside influences and outside agencies, um, non U S companies all day long. I, a, I couldn't care less about quote unquote international law. Like who writes these laws? Um, so, <laughs> but, um, when I care about what is supreme law of the land, uh, what trumps any in international law is the constitution. I don't believe those companies should be pred- now. Like I get it. um, you know, part of what crushes economies in totalitarian governments is that businesses don't want to do business there because they're treated poorly, because um, the government can just come in and take over or just turn things off, right? So I'm not talking about, you know, creating uh, an environment where companies don't want to do business here. Outside companies don't want to do business here. Right, But I'm saying like, if you're obviously a bad actor, right? So I'm, I'm not saying like, Hey, Aston Martin sell cars here. Cool. Cool. <laughs> I I don't think you're trying to disrupt anything other than the occasional like car lover subreddit. Uh, you know? So, um, I, you, I, I don't think I need to provide a ton of nuance here, you know? I mean, America's right. open for business um, unless you're trying to screw us. And then no, just no.
1: <laughs> yeah. Which, which the, the suck of it is, is it's exactly what we do as a country, you know, not, not us personally, but we do the exact same thing. We, we work our way into other countries, uh, whether it be business or whatever case it is that brings us over there, schooling, all of that kind of stuff. And the whole purpose is to disrupt the government and change the government and sway the, sway the general population to go a different direction, to, to be more like us. Or it's, it's the same thing. It's cyclical between all of the different countries, which I, I don't agree with you. Or I, I don't disagree with you. Um, I, I hate the fact that there are countries that can buy up as much property as they are and doing the things that they are doing. But also through that process, it's giving them a voice into the government and into our local communities that it should not. And and it's man, it's kind of scary.
0: Yeah, yeah. I am. Um, I'm a big fan. Uh, you know, taking it back to Christianity a little bit of the of the saying. Um, and you might remember who this quote's attributed to, but the saying is: um, "Preach always, and when necessary, use words." Right, and um, we can't force freedom and liberty. Um, and I, I'm going to say democratic values, small D democratic values, not democracy because we're not a democracy because democracy is right. mob rule. But these traditional American values, you you can't just gift them to other people and you can't force them on other people. It just doesn't work. It's why nation building, right. why nation building just does not uh, work. It 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 did in Germany, uh, post World War II but there were underlying Western values there already. Um, it did in Japan, but there were some shared values uh-uh. there, right? Um, but uh, it, it just doesn't work. It, where, where those things stick is where people rise up and fight for them themselves. But what does work is being the example, being the shining city on a hill, where it's like part of what brought down the Soviet Union was just how awesome america was like you go back dude it was awesome being a kid in america in the 80s because oh yeah man everybody wanted to be america and be american mm-hmm. um and like just the the culture the freedom um the the economic possibilities like let's just maximize what america does that's awesome like let's right. maximize freedom and opportunity um and education's a whole other <laughs> ball of wax cuz man uh, education's a lot of the the pro underlying problem about the things we've been talking about um, and there's there's not easy fixes there too. Hashtag buy your kids Tuttle twins books. Um <laughs> but uh you know, and and that worked. Like people saw that and wanted that. That was that was the whole idea behind our federal system, right? Behind all these separate states was the idea was, and we've actually seen this play out more recently, and I've talked about this on the podcast before. The idea was that the states would be competing for the greatest level of freedom. Right, and we still are to some degree, and you've seen that with just mass migration yeah. between yeah over the especially between, over these last couple of over years, the last few months. years, um, and you know it 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 had it it had been a long time since Americans had seen such a stark difference in, um, in like levels of personal freedom and liberty. At a governmental level, play out, uh, and as soon as it was in such great relief, people voted with their feet, right, uh, and and that that was part of the idea. And as we've kind of lost states' rights and states' autonomy, you don't see that as much uh, until you have uh, something like the the epidemic. So, I I don't, I mean, parents for for sure, like all I say, parents, like like it's just the kids, like we aren't all you know like hands up face <clears> down <throat> uh in our phones so it's you know we can all i say that like please be listening to the podcast on your phone <laughs> uh, whatever but we can all stand to be more present and and we just like not, i don't know if anything's ever been more ironically named than social media uh and yeah. it's just so you know not unlike our our broken food and nutrition system like it's just so well designed and engineered um, to just screw us. Like, just—I it, mean, it's just—it it functions like a drug. It fun like the dopamine hits the everything. If I mean, it's just a really well designed, engineered drug, um, and uh, you know, you can watch stuff like the so, social dilemma and all that, um, and. Uh, we just we just need to be we just need to be grown ups we just need to be adults about it and just just st- like you don't need the government to tell you to put it down put it down
1: right yeah it it really is man and and until people recognize the addiction that it is because that is legitimately what it is it's an addiction and and it's feeding this endorphin hit constantly and consistently. And we don't even realize that it is because it's so minute. uh, But it's it's such an emotional and physiological uh, change that happens in us when we're clicking those buttons and playing those games, or flipping through and thumbing through comments, and uh, whatever that case is, like that just gets us fired up or or fulfills that desire that we're looking for in the moment. Uh, Man, it's so hard to get rid of that addiction uh, in your life to even recognize that there's a need for it because it's something that's uh, seems like it's so innocent, you know, like you can say smoking. Okay. Yeah. smoking's really bad for you. You're going to get lung cancer, face cancer, lip cancer, whatever, you know, you can, you can f- see a definitive uh, action or reaction that can end up taking place because you're doing this thing. And it's like, Oh no, that's bad. You shouldn't do that. But social media is, is such a, it's an equal addiction that's there. If not potentially, even at this point, becoming even a stronger addiction than, than things like smoking. Uh, but, you don't realize it because it's such a easy going thing that, that just doesn't seem like it has any negative effects to it at all, because I'm not feeling the negative effects. I don't see the negative effects, but the negative effects are happening all over society at this point because of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's funny. It's, it's a real like log and spec kind of thing. There's me speaking in Christianese again, but you know, this, uh, this idea from scripture of, you know, before you remove the the spec from your, your brother's eye, your neighbor's eye, whatever. You might mm-hmm. want to remove the log from your own. And it's like, it's so easy to see in other people and, and so much harder to see in ourselves. But it's like, you know, when you're in a public space, you know, when you see people out to dinner or you see a couple and their faces are in their phones rather than talking to each other or, you know, um, you see a whole family and everybody's in their devices or the kids are just like, Begging for their parents' attention, and it's you know uh, you know they're they're waving them yeah. off, and it's it's just so easy to see in other people, and you just don't think. Part of it, like what's crazy, is the time work is is the time suck of it. Of uh, you I mean you think about how often you think you've been looking at the phone or scrolling, or I'm just going to check in real quick, and you mm-hmm. think it's been two minutes or five minutes, and it's been twenty or thirty. Or yeah. uh, I'm going to check a couple of things before I go to bed and i mean it's it's like a sitcom cut scene where like the clock fas- flashes forward an hour or 90 minutes or whatever and now it's you know you you've lost sleep like few things are as detrimental to not getting enough to your health as not getting enough quality sleep and it carries over into so many other things like how you can perform um, as a spouse, as a parent, as an employee, um, you know it. That it, it, it just bleeds over into everything. So, like you're you're getting lower quality sleep, you're getting less sleep, and that's bleeding over into the next day. And maybe you don't, you know, cortisol's higher, stress levels are higher. Uh, you know, uh, I can't work out. I'm too tired. Uh, I don't have time. I don't have time to read. I don't have time to. Uh, man, I I always would have loved to play piano. I wish I could play piano. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't wish you could play piano. If you did, you'd play piano. You go right. learn. Uh, you know, it's just all, it, it just bleeds over. And so it's not like a one-stop shop. There's all kinds of factors playing into our societal ills right now. But, man, it's not, it's, Um, I just think less social media would help with a lot of them. At the same time, like, I'm going to make a graphic for this episode specifically for the purpose of putting it on Social media, social media, right? Yeah, um,
1: yeah it, it, you know, while it has its evils, it has its it has its benefits and its its good points to it too. Uh, it's again, it's man, life is about balance. Yeah. Um, our our collective old boss that you and I both had at one one point in time that was one of the big things that he would always try to teach is the importance of balance in our lives. And uh, man, the the older I get, the more I understand the need for that. Where there really needs to be a balance where we're focusing on uh, balancing things out in our lives. Because if you go to either side of any aspect of life, you're, you're off kilter and you're going to find yourself tumbling down a hill. And it's, it's about balancing all of those things and being in the right place. You could, you could get addicted to working out and work out way too much and it's not healthy for you. You could drink too much water and it's not, uh, not healthy for you, but you could go the other direction too, you know, where you're, not eating enough and you're ending up being anorexic or your, your body's withering away or, uh, you it just goes both sides and it's about balancing those things. And it's different for every person. Uh, but finding that right balance is something that we all need to do. Uh, because man, not only would we individually be better for it, but the world around us would be better for it too.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you know, and we're, we're, we're at like an hour and 20 minute mark. And I think we've solved exactly none of this. So I, I think what we're saying is um, use, you don't stop using social media, but also use social media, I think is where we've landed or just stick to podcasts, Just this podcast, just stick to this and get rid of the, the rest and you'll be fine. Be better people. Be better <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, in ha- let's pivot to something happy. Kevin Costner's getting divorced, and listen, I saw that. listen, <laughs> that's clearly I'm joking a little. I don't, I'm not celebrating Kevin Costner's divorce. Um, that sucks. However, for fans of Yellowstone, of which there are many out there, there's been strong rumors they were going to kill off his character, the main character, John Dutton, um, that or whatever they were going to do, Yellowstone either was going to be done uh, and they'd just keep on with their spinoffs or they were going to kill off his character. There was talk of Matthew McConaughey coming in and a lot of the rumors behind this. Um, and we we all know how I feel about celebrity gossip, but when it affects a beloved show um, where that like, Costner was just like being more and more restrictive with his availability for filming and a lot of the rumors were that it was being driven by like his wife just didn't want him gone like out in, you know, Montana filming and stuff.
1: I think I think he even came out and explained that at some point saying like, "Look, I'm I'm being absent uh, at this point and it's time to stop being so absent in my relationship." Now listen, It sounds like Kevin Costner was
0: was trying to save his marriage. And I believe in the institution of marriage. I believe marriage vows say something, uh, mean something. Um, I believe we treat marriage too cheap these days as a society. And I I think marriages should be saved at all costs, whenever possible. And I, I hope that Kevin Costner's marriage can still be saved but if it can't be <laughs> if there's no hope for resolution here um and want now here's the scenario in my head maybe kevin costner loves yellowstone as well he should because it's some of his finest work and this man was in field of dreams so it's saying something. Dances with Wolves. I mean, Yellowstone is some of his finest work. Bull Durham. I go on. It's a high hurdle. What, what
1: was the one where he was the uh, the Coast Guard? Um, oh, was teaching I Ash can't remember. We Ash were Ash just talking against, about
0: that. But yeah, despite Ashton Kutcher, or it or was a like f- uh, Well, is that the one where he was uh, like Whitney Houston's bodyguard? Or I guess that no, was bodyguard. That one was
1: another one, though. Uh, no, I can't remember. The so name this is a
0: man with some chops and this is still yeah. some of the best work of his life. So, so maybe he, he loved it and maybe he hated cutting back on filming time, but just believed it was the only way he could save his marriage. And he was willing to make that sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I'm making a lot of supposition here.
1: <laughs> I hear that.
0: So. If that was the case, and if the, if the marriage can't be saved, if there is no resolution to be had here, now I don't rejoice in that, but if I'm Kevin Costner, and if I, at what could, could arguably be, be called the peak of my career, if I was willing to sacrifice that for this woman for my marriage, and she still wasn't having it, if things still couldn't be saved. Now, I'm not, I am not (laughs) advocating for bitterness or revenge or spitefulness here, but wouldn't your natural reaction then after the fact, after things couldn't be reconciled despite your, your willingness to sacrifice... Wouldn't your natural inclination then be to lean into that thing? To uh, you know, in Michael Scott's words, as as Pam is admonishing him for dating her mother, he replies, "I'm going to date her even harder." (laughs) If you were Kevin Costner in this scenario that I've laid out, would your natural natural inclination not be? to Yellowstone even harder. And if my suppositions are correct, and if that is the outcome of this scenario, then while I will mourn Kevin Costner's broken marriage, boy, would the Yellowstone fans benefit. If, If Kevin comes out of this and says, I'm moving to Montana, I will be available for filming at all times, all hours, all days, all seasons going forward for, will be traditional 21 to 23 episode seasons. <laughs> um, boy, would that be something. Boy, <laughs> yeah. would that be something. Listen, listen. If it would save Kevin Costner's marriage, I would give up the show Yellowstone.
1: But if it doesn't.
0: I'm not hoping for <laughs> failure here. But if failure is the outcome, that's all I'm saying.
1: Uh, you know, I'm gonna, I, I'm, I'm gonna probably upset you here in this moment. But uh, I've never actually watched the show at all. I know there's a lot of people that are hooked on it. Dude. It looks like something I might get into. Dude. But I've, I've never watched an episode. And I, I actually really like the Postman. That's another one that I really liked him in. Yeah, he's been in so many movies. Waterworld, the Whitney Houston, Waterworld, and I think the Guardian or whatever. Waterworld was horrible. That was one of the worst oh. movies ever. <laughs> I didn't like that one. But he's been in, in so many movies. There's been few that, that, were, that tanked, in my opinion.
0: Oh, here's another one. Dude, how has this man been in so many great baseball movies? Um, obviously, the crowning jewel is Field of Dreams. But Bull Durham was fantastic. Yeah. But also, yeah. did you ever see the movie For the Love of the Game? Oh, yeah. That's right. Listeners, if you haven't seen For the Love of the Game... Here's the deal. So Kevin Costner is playing this like end of his career major league pitcher who has like suffered like severe injury and come back from it. So he's old. He's at the end of his career anyways. He's come back from injury and he's throwing a no hitter. Now, if if you're not a baseball fan, and I get a lot of people aren't, and I get people think baseball's slow or boring, but... <laughs> a, a no hitter, like, is something magical in sports. It's, I mean, legitimately something magical. Um, a lot of pitchers never throw a no hitter. Um, it's just the only reason a no hitter would ever feel common is just because, unlike other sports, baseball plays a lot of games in their season. And it's not like the NFL's sixteen games in a season. Oh, well, uh, over a hundred games in a season. Um, so it's taking you like as he's pitching this no hitter, it's taking you through that, but then also flashing back to like the stuff he's gone through with his life, his relationship stuff, but then also taking you through what he's dealing with in the game. It's fantastic.
1: It's fantastic. Yeah. So dude, he's he's been in so many great movies, yeah, man. Like yeah. I'm just kind of looking through his IMDb or whatever right now, and I'm like, Wyatt herb uh, oh, Robin
0: free, Tombstone,
1: Tombstone. Oh my gosh, man! Just was he so in Tombstone many... or was he just no, in was Just in Wilder, um, um, yeah. That was, was Gibson and Val yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever it was in Tombstone. But man, just so many movies. Yeah, that Herb's so fantastic. Amazing. My gosh, man! So
0: all that said, Jason, I'm telling you, Yellowstone may be the best work of his life. Um, I'm gonna have to check it out. I, I now, will. listen, listen, listen. Asterisk, caveat, whatever. It's not safe for the little ears. It, it may offend some people's convictions. It may not be for you. Um, but man, is it a good show. <laughs> um, there's not, it's one of those where um, there's not really a hero in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's a hero, if there's a good guy, I'm going to say that it's his character's son, Casey. I'll let you wait and decide. We'll discuss after after you've watched. But uh so I'm I'm praying for Kevin Costner. I'm praying for his marriage. I hope things work out. Um b- <laughs> but, but, if, but, uh, but if they don't if my
1: <laughs> give us some more Yellowstone. Then
0: I hope he really leans in uh to Yellowstone. Uh I think that'd be a, a great way to I, I think it'd be good therapy for him. I think it'd be a great way to <laughs>
1: I mean, psychologically speaking, that is the way that, that people typically go, is if the, the, the very last thing that you are giving up in order to save whatever thing you're trying to save, if it doesn't work, that's usually the very first thing that you go back to. Uh, so if that is the case, then, then that is the likely outcome of all of this. Uh, unless he just packs it up and goes into hiding again or something along those lines.
0: And dude, I'll I'll tell you, like, I don't know what's going on right now with, I don't mean, I don't want to call it a kind of a Renaissance with some of these guys, but tangentially to um, Yellowstone is, um, uh, I can't believe I'm going to blank on his name. Harrison Ford is in one of the Yellowstone spinoffs in 1923 and then he was also in the Apple TV series, Shrinking, uh, and just incredible in both. And I'm like, again, here's somebody with this incredible body of work. I believe Harrison's in his 80s, and he's doing yep. some of the best work of his life right now.
1: Did you ever see that movie that, that he did called Regarding Henry? Uh-uh. That was, for me anyways, probably the best movie best acting best anything that i had ever seen him in um and it hit really close to home anyways for me Uh, so he's um he's really rich um sorry i'll probably ruin the movie but it's been out for like 30 years uh so he's he's crazy rich um he goes to a store one night to go get cigarettes ends up like there's a robbery that's going on gets shot in the head loses his memory um, comes back and he's a completely different person with his with his wife and his wedding or his, his wife gets uh, their relationship gets rekindled their, re- their marriage gets rekindled come to find out dude was having affairs behind her back and all of this kind of stuff as he was trying to figure all these things out but as he's getting nursed back to health from being shot in the head and being brain dead for a certain amount of time and just the process of him uh, kind of coming back from that was just so crazy emotional and uh, just powerful to to see those things in his life, and man, it was uh, such just such a great great movie. But yeah, he's he's another one of those that's just been in so many things, and it's so awesome seeing them come back out of kind of a lull and and just doing some of their best work ever. It's yeah. it's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's a good time in entertainment. There's there's just almost too much to weed through.
1: I I do love honestly, and I know. I, staying off the the political aspects of it. I do love that there seems to be a push away from propaganda at this point. And it's, uh, it's starting to at least head that direction. And it's starting to make me really excited and happy that I think that we might finally be turning, turning a new leaf and a new page on on entertainment in general, um, of realizing like, man, there's been enough crap in this world. Let's just do something that people can enjoy.
0: Yeah. Did you see Mario? I did.
1: I did. I thought it was a great movie. I haven't seen
0: it yet, but I've yeah. I've heard good things. So I
1: mean, it wasn't like the greatest movie ever. Uh great nostalgia yeah. aspects to it. Uh the the musical tracks and and score for it I thought were really awesome, which kind of loaned to that nostalgia of our age group in particular. Um, a lot of kids like my my girls loved it as well because of those tracks they know all those songs too because of movies like pixels and a lot of Adam Sandler movies or yeah. whatever where there's a lot of those uh, just kind of like the, the the music that we grew up on in the 80s and, and 90s and whatnot Dude, I was uh, that, that
0: I was laughing this week because I you know I was on social media and uh, <laughs> I saw this story real who knows what the difference is um but it's this guy playing violin and he's like I like playing. Uh, peaches on my violin at <laughs> wedding receptions until people realize what I'm playing. And as this first came up on my phone, I had my audio down. I'm like, oh, I'd love to hear somebody play peaches, like just in a classical format. And then I turn it up. Now we're roughly the same age. I think you're a little older than me. What song was I expecting him to be playing, Jason?
1: Uh, what's the name of the group? I can't remember the name, but it's that one. Uh, it's it... It's about peaches out of yes. Georgia or whatever. Yes,
0: when you're in your, oh, that your, your that group. when you're in like your your, your late thirties, early forties, and somebody says peaches, you expect yeah. to hear the American president's song. Yes, peaches, American presidents. There you go. peaches come from a can. They were put there by a man. It's a, fa- it's, it's a bop. It's a fantastic song, and I think it holds up. But, of course, that's not what he was playing. He was playing this
1: stupid... Peaches, 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 yeah, Now, peach I, I peach freaking... Jack Black.
0: I love Jack Black. Jack Black is a genius. He is a genius. But I don't know if I'll ever forgive him for putting that song out into the world. Um, the first time you hear it, you're like, oh, this is funny. In all the rest of your times, the times you hear it, it's, it's just white, hot, seething rage. <laughs> and that's, that's what this kid was playing on the violin. I'm like, oh, like it's a whole generational thing now. Peaches and yeah. peaches mean something different to them. So, uh,
1: <laughs> I, I really, I thought that's where it was coming from. Was it American presidents when you were talking yes, about it? That's
0: yes. That's, ex- that's straight where my, well, I just
1: kind of skip right over the, the super yeah. Mario brothers so at that point.
0: Just now, just know going forward, this is a, a, a PSA, um, that, you know, if, if you're our age and you hear your kids talking about peaches, know that it's your, you
1: your, 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 your gut reaction to that is wrong. Now, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, speaking of movies, um, again non non agenda movies or whatever uh, probably one of the best movies i don't know if you've seen this one or not yet either uh, but one of the best most enjoyable movies i've actually seen in a movie theater in a while was dungeons and dragons really yeah like it was just a it was just a great enjoyable movie like i came up like i like super mario brothers don't get me wrong but like i left dungeons and dragons and i'm like like it wasn't like oh my gosh that's the greatest movie in the world but i left and i'm like Man, that was one of the most enjoyable movies that I've experienced. It didn't get me, like, crazy pumped up, yeah. like Top Gun or anything like that. It was just enjoyable. Like, you, you went into it. I didn't have high hopes or high expectations for it, but left, and I'm like, that was awesome. Yeah. Like, I really, like, to the point where it's like, I'd go see that again a couple times. Okay. Like, that was another really, really good movie. And again, no agendas, and I love it.
0: Yeah, I don't know that I had uh, any intentions or feelings towards that one way or the other, but I'll definitely check it out based on that recommendation. That said, if I'm going to burn money on a night of babysitting for a movie at this point, uh, it's going to be for Guardians 3, uh, which I think is oh, open yes. today as we're recording. Um, so now it becomes normally like I'm not one that whines about spoilers, um, we've discussed that on the podcast many times before. I'm a big boy. If I wait too long to see something and I hear a spoiler, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Um, but I really like for guardians three, not to be spoiled, which means I, like I might just have to go on like a social media fast, uh, for the next few days. So I'm, I haven't been to the theater for a movie since Maverick. Uh, but I want to go see guardians three properly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It looks, it looks like it's going to be amazing um potentially the best in the series i've really enjoyed you know there's like i I like all the marvel stuff but there's some movies that just you know i don't i don't care to watch several times but the guardians ones are 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 movies that i feel like maybe because of the humor that's in it the likeness that's there but also you have the action and it's just a good mix uh, of everything um so the Guardians is is that for me when it comes to the MCU movies or whatever, and so I'm 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 really yeah. looking forward to this one as well. Well,
0: I mean, I, you know, we've discussed on here with various guests, um, you know, this phase of the MCU uh, being weaker, really just kind of since Endgame, you know, with the exception of uh, the latest Spider-Man movie, things being a little weaker, you know, kind of being off their game. But I've seen multiple reviews and comments about guardians 3 along the lines of this is on par with endgame this is their best since endgame
1: that's an exciting thought yeah that's yeah i'm I'm down for that uh now i try i try not to read into too much stuff one because i feel like then i end up having higher hopes than what i should Uh, from reviews i I treat i treat the mcu stuff kind of like i treat star wars stuff like there's so many movies and tv shows getting ready to hit and i try not to watch too many trailers or read too much into any of it uh because man i don't want it to to jade my opinion one way or the other of of what it's going to be uh because there's always not only that man both both sides of them i feel like equally share information enough just to throw you off balance and and Make you think something's going to happen that's not going to happen. Yeah. Or you know, oh, this person's not in it, or this person is. I know, like with the new trilogy or whatever, or the the new stuff that they're coming out with with Ray Skywalker and all of that stuff. There's talk that she's going to have a a lesser part and maybe even just as a Force ghost or something like that in the in the new movies and all these things. But man, there's always so much information, misinformation that even comes out. Yeah. Right not to pay attention to any of it and be like, it is what it is when it happens, you know,
0: there, there is in a story floating around about guardians. And this is confirmed um, that uh, Chris Pratt as star Lord uh, drops the MCU's first F bomb in this movie, which um, has to just royally piss off Ryan Reynolds. Like (laughs) Deadpool is coming to the MCU. He's pulling out all the stops (laughs) Hugh Jackman's coming back as Wolverine and freaking Chris Pat freaking. He's going to steal it from him. Like, like, Mr. I love God and God has a plan for your life and I raise lambs. Um, (laughs) Mr. Wholesome down to earth America beat Deadpool to the first F-bomb in the MCU.
1: Uh, you know, at, at the same token, that's another one of those, like, just why, you know, like I, it is what it is, but just why, you know, there's so many things that I just, I don't know. I just don't see a purpose behind it. It's like, good Lord, man. I I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it's, I, I'm not the most sensitive to these things. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't run around talking like that, uh, you know. Flip side, like when to me when it's uh, an issue in media for me is when it, like with so many other things, if it feels forced, gratuitous, out of place, um you know, whatever. That's when what it draws away from the story. So we'll see, we'll see how it lands, we'll see how it yeah. hits. Um,
1: but that's usually what ends up happening in movies when when they have that that one, they put it in there and it's literally is it's like whatever agenda of trying to push the bar push the limits it's it's just added in there for the sake of adding it in there it's not because it's it's necessary or it doesn't loan to the story or anything like that it, it may be different in this but i just nine times out of ten i feel like it's just added and it There was just no reason for it you know
0: yeah i mean we'll we'll see i am willing to judge it on its on its merits and see what happens you know I'm not naive enough to go out and expect every movie to to be squeaky clean. Uh, I know there's people where that's their conviction and, you know, they would would chastise me for allowing those things into my eyes. I'm a big boy. I have discernment. (laughs) I live out in the the real world. And that's my thing where it's like, um, if movies are going to be true to life, like not everybody adheres to the same values. Not everybody has the same convictions, not within any given religion, belief system, whatever. Um, So you hear all sorts of interesting language day in, day out in real life. So there's no reason not to expect those things, uh, in movies. So I'll, you know, I'll weigh it based on its, on its merits, I suppose, and how well and necessary it was in the movie. It just struck me as so funny. Cause I'm like, I bet Ryan Reynolds sent him a real colorful <laughs> text message as soon as he found out about it. So i I'm like, you know, again, right or wrong, wherever you fall on it. I mean, that's Deadpool's gig, man. Like, that's Deadpool's gig. It,
1: it is. It is. And and it is uh, that aspect of it makes it really funny. Yeah.
0: Well, it's, <laughs> it's just a, always... the argument it, that could happen there. Ultimately, is it really noteworthy or any kind of big deal? No, yes, only because it's the first. It's like, you know, the right. dude on Andor, uh, you know, who dropped Star Wars first curse words. Like, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you, you they could have always done, you know, gone the uh, Firefly... Uh, route or the, you know, where it's all just they're cursing all the time. It's just made up words. Yeah. Battlestar so, Galactica. Y- yeah. The, but, the frick yeah. Or, whatever. <laughs> or frack. Yes. Frack is what Fracking. It was. Yeah. 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 Which is an actual cuss word these days, depending on, uh, you know, where you live and what your political <laughs> beliefs are. <laughs> so, it, be. <laughs> it, all, it all comes around. So, but uh, in in real space, I honest, it's been such a blur with these past couple weeks of podcasts. I can't remember... If I talked about this, how much I talked about this, I know I've talked about it a ton. I I, th- I know you were catching up on episodes. I know I didn't talk about Starship at all last week with Cadre DS. I, I might have talked Starship some, episode 108 with Mike Redacted uh, coming
1: back. Yeah, you, you did talk about it on that episode, and, and I'm only honestly remembering it because I just literally, either yesterday or the day before, listened to that episode so I could catch up and be on track uh, for today's recording. Uh but it was it was very brief and it was just the fact that man they tried and it didn't happen and how spectacular the explosion there was. Uh
0: but so yeah. here here's what's funny. Elon being Elon, he's done some some Twitter spaces, like himself. He he did uh, a Twitter space, I think, last week uh with Tim Dodd, everyday astronaut. I kinda co-hosting that for him <laughs> with him, which is was awesome. It was just like breaking down and talking about like what went right, what went wrong. Because, you know, like SpaceX, Tesla, Twitter, like Elon kills off PR departments. They don't exist. Mm -hmm. They don't. They respond for requests to comments with poop emojis, which is hilarious. (laughs) Um, And so Elon's like, why? Like, I'll just talk. I'll just talk to you. Um, And so that's what he did. And he broke down. He was open about like when there were engine failures, like they launched with the third, like. There was a lot of speculation about there were three engines out like almost immediately. And this thing blew this huge crater in the ground like this super hard, uh, you know, it's like every time they released a phone, they're like hardest glass ever. And then it still cracks. So it's like they had that version of concrete under this thing. There was no water deluge system. Um, There's no flame trench. And the rock is just so freaking powerful. It just blew a, a crater. It just found the created cavitation, whatever it did, found the weaknesses in this concrete
1: and, I want to find the video. You were talking about that, how it was just, there was chunks of concrete like flying and hitting vans. Oh my gosh,
0: camera. dude, I'll, I'll send you a link. I, I've I've got, I, I'm working to get uh, one of the team from uh, NASA Space Flight on the podcast and their van took a direct hit. Uh, I just oh, can't, man. I just can't wait to talk to them uh, about that if we can make that happen here on the podcast. But like Elon was saying, like, no, there was uh, like, th- we knew it, like at Ignition, there wasn't like, the computer didn't, didn't start those engines like there was an issue with them but they can like that's not a problem for that rocket like they can launch three engines out from the jump um which is which is just insane and so then they you know he broke broke down like they continue to lose engines through the flight and they lost uh vector control which is where they can kind of pan and tilt the, mm-hmm. the rockets uh, which is super important because um like the the way the control surfaces are and where the mass is on that rocket you're making it fly true by force of those engines. So you, right. you lose TVC and you're going to get that tumbling like you get. So he's breaking all that down. But what's funny is just all the Monday morning quarterbacking that was going on with it, because there there were, you know, all these people that fancy themselves, engineers and rocket scientists. And Hey, maybe some of them were like leading up to this, like mocking, not having a flame trench, not having a water deluge system. And they're like, Oh, guess we were right. And whatever. And people were like, Um, even people who are like completely stand for SpaceX and are big fans and have vested interests in Starship being uh, successful, we're like, Oh, they're going to be down for it. Like there, there's no way they're even going to launch again this year. It might be up to a year by the time they make all these repairs and they're going to have to, uh, they refer to, um, because the, the launch tower and the launch pad for Starship are so integral to the whole system, mm-hmm. they actually refer to it as to, uh, stage zero. Like you would re- typically refer to like multiple stages of a rocket. SpaceX calls it stage zero because of the way everything works together. So like, they're going to have to make so many changes to stage zero and whatever. And Elon on that, he's like, we should be, we should be good to go one, maybe two months. And everybody, you know, everybody's mocking, like, oh, that's that's Elon time. Uh, right. Well, there like there's this um, you know, talking about the pros and the positives of social media, man, it's part of why I enjoy like the space flight social media and reporting community so much mm-hmm. because there's almost no politics there and everybody's just like rah rah space. There's some fanboys for SpaceX and rocket lab and ULA and everybody's got their favorites. You know, it's like having a favorite car or a favorite, you know, gun or whatever, but mostly it's, it's pretty healthy and positive. And so it's, you know, it's so cool. So, um, but there's um, this one account where it's just, it's a, it's a private pilot that owns like a Cessna or something that lives down in like the, the Brownsville or South Padre Island area. And they like make their bones at this point, like doing flyovers and aerial photography, of Starbase down there and tracking, um, you know, like uh, progress on construction, rather than that be of like the physical sites or the, the vehicles themselves. And then they do these big broadcasts and, I mean, it's awesome. And they've got a ton of followers. I think it's what they're doing for a living. Now they've got Patreon supporters and and all, uh, that, uh, type of stuff, uh, hashtag patreon.com slash sound sub podcast. Um, <laughs> but, um, I don't think you can do a hashtag with a URL. But I think everybody know, know what I meant there. <laughs> um, but they get the point. so they're they're flying over and doing these photography already, and like everybody's mind is blown at how much progress has already been made at stage zero. Like stri- cleaning up, straightening out rebar, um, like one to yeah. two months is looking really likely, and <laughs> it's just crazy. Like NASA spaceflight, If you go on now, what's cool is they cover launches live um all the time even like the what's are the mundane launches at this point the falcon nines are launching every like right. four and a half days nasa space flight's doing a live stream and they've got hosts on there and they're answering questions and they're covering it but so they have some 24 7 streams there's uh one um uh, like in the cape like just at the port so you can like watch the rockets and the capsules come back in you can pull that up right now there's but there's uh, they so they have live streams in McGregor, Texas, where SpaceX does their engine testing and their boot like and even mm-hmm. booster proofing for the Falcon nines. Um, and so they've got them out at um, out at Starbase, right? So at the production site and test site and launch site for uh, the the Starship vehicles. Um, and uh, so like you can watch their twenty four seven stream, and they'll even post time lapses of it. And it's like you just see, it's it's like watching bees. It is like a hive of activity, like everybody just swarming and working on this launch pad in this this launch area. And there's still, and I, I like to believe that Elon's petty enough that he'll just never do a, a flame trench just because of all the naysayers. So he even talked about like we were working, we had already designed and we're, and were building this steel plate system to to go over the concrete uh where it's also the water deluge system so it's almost like an inverted showerhead where it's these thick steel plates but there's water coming up through them so it's both for when you see those big water uh deluge systems like you really notice it from like shuttle launches and stuff like that right yeah um the reason they do that it's not like cooling and stuff for the flames that's not what it's about it's actually about reducing uh, audio bounce back, sound wave bounce back from the <laughs> engines, dam- bouncing up and damaging the vehicles. Um, and so this, these steel plates are going to protect the the concrete underneath and actually have the water flood up through. So they're going to be regenerative, 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 regenerative. There we go. There you go. Cooling in these plates and that sound reduction. So there's still going to be no flame trench. He's like, we were already building it. He's like, Uh, We just thought we'd be okay for one, so we went for it. He's like, honestly, I'm just glad to have Booster 7 off the pad and gone. Anything clearing the tower was a win for us. We achieved lots beyond clearing the tower, so it was a big win. He's like, but really, like, there were already so many engineering improvements made in Booster 9, like the next one that will fly, that he's like, I'm just happy to have Booster 7 gone and out of the way so we can move on to the more advanced ones we've already built
1: yeah i think it was either today or yesterday or whatever the two stories that really came out of what their big focal points are because the fact that booster nine is already so much further ahead of where where seven was um the the self-destruct it was like 40 seconds from them trying to initiate the self-destruct yeah which was finally did crazy problem where they're like that that can get scary uh, because it was so long for it to finally react and allow it to explode to to have that uh what is it the rapid disassembly or whatever it's called
0: there's this guy and we we talked about him a lot um, when I had Andrew Cho on, who's the the engineer that's, that's working at NASA on the transit habitat for Mars. Um, but we talked about a guy named Scott Manley. Scott's absolutely worth looking up on YouTube. His content's fantastic, but he breaks a lot of this stuff down. And it turns out that kind of what his assessment was of what happened um, with the remote detonation was exactly what it was, where these um, remote detonation systems are meant just to kind of... Uh, Uh, just unzip the tanks like just. Mm -hmm. um, And so what happened is a, one of the things they learned from this quote unquote failed test of this experimental vehicle. um, I'm rolling my eyes as I say failed um, is man, this thing is structurally robust. Um, Go watch to everyday astronaut. Tim Dodd has a great video of rocket fails and you can see these rockets that go out of control. And these things are just designed to withstand pressures from in a very specific way from very specific d- directions. And when you see them get out of control and turn sideways and those forces change directions, they tend to buckle and crumble and whatever. Mm-hmm. Dude, Starship was doing cartwheels. Like it was yeah. its job <laughs> and held up. And so then to add to that, it was so structurally robust that what happened was they hit the remote detonation systems and it did what it was... Like it functioned properly, the the explosive charges functioned properly, but the system was so robust and so rigid from all of the fuel that was in it that rather than unzipping the tanks, the rem, the remote termination system just punched holes in it. And the reason it wasn't, it was forty seconds before it finally you finally got the explosions and the disintegration was it punched these holes in it, and rather than unzipping. It just started venting fuel hmm. and oxidizer, and so it wasn't till enough of that had vented that it reduced the structural integrity of the vehicle enough wow. that it could then pop, pop, and explode. So oh. that's what that delay was. So that's actually part of the speculation now is um, what will probably be the determining factor and how long it takes them to go again isn't the repairs to the launch pad and the vehicles are already ready. Booster nine, 100% will be the next booster to fly. Um, just nobody knows which ship they'll stick on top of it for, mm-hmm. for that test. And it uh, and Elon said, it'll be uh, an, basically an identical profile. So somewhat suborbital with dropping the, right. the orbital vehicle in, the in the Pacific off Hawaii. Um, but, uh, that, um, getting the government to recertify, they're going to have to change the RTS, the Remote Termination System, and getting that recertified before flight uh, right. is kind of what everybody's guessing is going to be the limiting factor in how quick they fly right. again. Is-
1: Which I know, and that was the other story that I had read is if they're able to do that, then they are at this point near certain that that they will be launching again within four to six weeks. Uh, yeah. That was that was where they were saying. Like, I'd
0: lean more towards six or eight on an optimistic end, but hey, I, I I'd love to see four. Um, I think one of the things that seemed to really go wrong was that that thrust vectoring system, that basically pivoting of the engines mm-hmm. to to steer the vehicle. On booster seven, that was a hydraulically driven system. And part of what they saw fail was, and I'm forgetting the technical terminology, but basically the pumps driving the hydraulics for those systems, you can basically, if, if you watch that launch, you'll see points where you see big, like the, the, the engine's burn it's methyl, So it's methane and oxygen Mm -hmm. should be a really blue, clean, clear flame. And when most of them were functioning, that's what you were seeing. You were very clearly seeing it. I even saw pictures that were high enough resolution. You could still see the numbers painted inside the engine bells through the flames. Um, (laughs) But uh, as they start to fail, you see these big pops and these large orange streaks of flames. And that's when things were, were failing. And so Mm -hmm. some of that on the outside of that engine ring, uh, likely would have been this leaking hydraulic fluid from these system's failed. So you don't lose because there's still pressure in that system. So you don't lose your thrust vectoring control immediately. Um, as as you th- every time you move the engines, you bleed pressure, bleed pressure, bleed pressure, and then at some point it's gone. Right. Which kind of seemed to be what went down. That system doesn't exist in Booster Nine. The thrust vector control is electric. They're using uh. Uh, mo- they they already use Tesla motors to move the grid fins on Falcon nines and on starship. Um, so I don't know if it's Tesla electric motors that they're doing that with, but the, the thrust vector control on booster nine is uh, already, they've removed a failure point there. I'll, I'll be shocked. Like they, they made it all the way through max Q. It was such, such a successful test. I'll be really surprised if they don't hit all their targets on the very next launch,
1: which, which is, I mean, for real, that's, crazy bonkers at this point man um it really is like we are we are legitimately living in sci-fi yeah like 10 years ago like the stuff that that was talked about or done in movies that we are legitimately at this point starting to see take place and happen is just uh man it's otherworldly and it's it's amazing watching how fast right now technology is picking up and changing things and space is one of the biggest ways like the two the two areas that at this point we still know the least about space and underwater those two things the advancements that are happening in both of those areas right now is just a staggering yeah. to watch how fast things is changing and how much it's it's emulating sci fi movies at this yeah. point it's it's actually really cool I love it because I am a sci fi nerd like that is where my my big shtick is is the whole futuristic sci fi stuff yeah. and man. Um, that's why I love star Wars so much. And the fact that we are heading in the directions that we are heading right now, as fast as we are, it's like, Oh my gosh, man, this is, this is real.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was nice to hear like, you know, Elon was, was pretty realistic in like, um, the time frame for, um, when will we see, you know, booster and, and starship landing repeatedly and reliably. And you, you know, you look at the development Uh, process for Falcon nine and landing reliably, like it's, it's tough. Right. And so Falcon uh, nine is um, like 70 meters tall. And this is, I I know it's close to 400 feet tall. I'm an American. So I don't know how many meters that are, that is, but uh, like this thing is, and, and much bigger around. So this thing is orders of magnitude bigger than Falcon 9 so like landing mm-hmm. this thing and especially they're not going to land it with legs they're going to catch it um you know you have a totally different landing profile for Starship itself and they're designing it to like there's a, a version that's got to land you know on the moon and deal with that level of gravity they're going to you know the intention is to take it to Mars you're dealing with 40 percent of Earth's gravity there you've got to bleed off the speed from you know the the transfer you know the uh, yeah. f- with the moon it's TLI trans lunar injection getting out but it's higher speeds even than orbital speeds so you've got to, you know all this different stuff you have to deal with all of that's different than landing on earth and you've got to deal with all of the unique unique aspects of all of those so do i think you know they're going to be landing these things reliably in short order no do i think they're going to achieve landing and reusing these things reliably 100% i will not bet against Elon Musk i I, yeah, I won't
1: yeah i, I it, especially in this area where he has pushed the bar so much yeah uh, into the impossible, you know
0: yeah i, I was, and it's
1: driving like he's he's the big push like when you have things like this it, it you know it's kind of like the first person that that broke the first seven minute mile and the first six minute mile, and like it just it speeds up the process for so many people and that's what we're seeing in the space race right now that's yeah. going on is just this this great advancement that's taking places in so many different ways and yeah. so many different genres of of the field uh, because, they're one, they have hope. I think that's why he has so many people that are out there working as hard as they are is because they're bought in on the mission of it. Uh-huh. They, they realize how important this is to humanity. They understand how important it is to to fulfill this and to be on the leading edge of this stuff, to be part of that group that gets to turn around and be like, look, I did that, you know? The people that launched Apollo, they got to sit back and be like, "I was part of that." Yeah. You know, that's it was so huge, that it was game changing, life changing, and and that's where these people are at, and that's why you're seeing such a diligence and speed of of things taking place because people are really bought in at yeah. this point.
0: And it's not it's easy to to focus on SpaceX because. It's so big and flashy and open and, you know, Elon's Elon and he's got uh, X factor and draw. But it's not just there. like rocket labs doing awesome stuff. Blue Origin, totally different, like development and design philosophy, but doing awesome, awesome things. And like Blue Origin's building a giant freaking rocket out at the Cape here in Florida right now. We don't get to watch every development stage. Like you can watch everything happen at Starbase with Starship. Yeah, Blue Origin is just different. But you know, it's funny. I was at a, a play date for my daughter's preschool class this past weekend, and uh, talking to one of the moms and uh, one of the little girl's dads works for Blue Origin. Oh wow! So as soon as that comes out, <laughs> listeners, you know me, right? I'm just trying to play. I'm just trying to play it cool. I'm so like, I have a podcast. I'm like, oh <laughs> yeah, all right. You know, awesome, awesome. Uh, you know, like, what? you know, like, what, what does he, what does he do? Like, what does he do out of Blue origin? Cause I mean, he'd be like an accountant, right? You know, right. uh, you know, hat tip to my wife. I, I'm not judging accountants, but I'm saying I'm, you know, it's, yeah. I mean, I mean whatever. Um, <laughs> she's like, oh, uh, he, like, he works on like the engines and stuff. He's, I, I he's a mechanical engineer. Oh, dude. Oh, so like now, like I'm really having a hard time playing it cool. I'm like, oh, he works in propulsion. Oh, okay, okay, cool, cool, yeah, cool. So, you know, my wife, you know, she's like playing it up from the the appropriate point of view, which is like how excited our son is about rockets. Um, (laughs) and she's like, you know, Marcus, did you hear that? That's so cool. And so then the wife's like, maybe, like, maybe we could take you guys out there sometimes. They, you know, they they they, they let us uh, do like. Uh, you know they'll let them do tours on like Sundays and stuff. <laughs> and at this point, I'm done playing it cool. I'm like Marcus, you know what he, you know what her daddy's hiding out there? New Glenn, New Glenn is what she's talking about. He's hiding New Glenn out there. I'm like, yes, we'll take the family tour, please. Sign us up. We will take the family tour, uh, please. So,
1: my gosh, man, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, and That's I mean really it's cool. not starship size, but I mean New Glenn is a is a massive, massive uh, heavy lift rocket. So. Um, There's just cool stuff going on. I was was listening to um, uh, the most recent episode of Joe Rogan today is uh, that uh, he's American, but uh, a Japanese-American physicist, Michio Michio Kaku. Uh, Forgive me, sir, if I'm not saying it right. I love listening to that guy. Like I really like... um, Neil deGrasse Tyson, but Michio's just a different vibe, a different take, a different outlook on things. Um, he's an OG string theory guy. Um, like he's, he's one of the, the lead, um, you know, physicists, uh, in string theory, but he was uh, discussing specifically, uh, like quantum computing and the, you know, the, the potential there and, and, you know, whatever, but just, he, he's somebody who's real, real bullish, right. Right. Like, um, on these things But, you know, they made the point. It's like talking about space, talking about quantum computing. We're on the verge of so many incredible, really cool things. If we don't destroy if we can manage to do it before we destroy ourselves.
1: Yeah, yeah. And these things are huge. Like, uh, that's what I was just, because I knew it was like right around the size of a yard. A a meter is almost the same size as a yard. It's like 3.2 feet or whatever per every meter. So if this thing is 400 feet, to kind of put it into practical thought, if you were to lay it down on its side, it's it's one and a third football fields.
0: Yeah, it's one hundred feet longer than a football field, and there's thirty feet around. Jason, it's thirty feet in diameter.
1: Fif- that's 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 ten yards. Then at that point, you know what I mean. So it's just ginormous that this this thing that you're you're looking at that is huge, man. A
0: hundred lift capacity of one hundred and fifty thousand tons or pounds. I think it's tons to orbit.
1: That I mean, again, putting it from the perspective, most people can kind of kind of think of what a football field is or they've been out at one point to a football field. That's like that's like from the outside of the track to the outside of the track. If you're looking at this thing late on its side,
0: the, the thing that's so crazy, the thing that's so telling to me is, I think, if you're not a nerd, you're not a geek, you're not into space. I still think for Americans, like culturally, you have this image in, in in your head. Maybe I'm assuming too much here. Maybe this isn't true of younger generations, but you have this image in your head of Saturn V and of a Saturn Saturn one launch. Um or, or of a Saturn V launch. And seeing those five massive F one engines put out all those all that thrust. Just insane, right? Just this yeah. raw Power, like everything that's great about rockets and muscle cars, and I mean it's just like Tim, like Tim the Tool Man Taylor building a (laughs) rocket. That was the the, that was Saturn Five, right? And those F one engines and those things are huge. Like you go out and see the Saturn Five at Kennedy Space Center; those engines are massive. Yeah, seven million pounds of thrust at launch. Seven million pounds. That's mind-boggling. That's tough to wrap your mind around. yeah. Yeah. Starship. Thirty-three Raptor two engines at launch, fifteen million pounds of thrust. More than double. More than double.
1: That is. That's just. It's numbers that are so large that it's really hard to comprehend. Yeah, it's it's hard to wrap your mind around it.
0: If you go and look, um, uh, if you find Scott Manley's social media or or his YouTube there there's drone footage of the starship launch um, Mm -hmm. where you're, you're seeing launch pads tend to be right on coast. um, And as is the case there, it's right at the Southern tip of of Texas, um, right on the border with Mexico actually down there. And so there there's a a pulled out drone shot where you're seeing everything and, and you can see the water, you can see the waves coming in and you can watch a few seconds into this launch You start to see the debris. You start to see all this concrete impacting out in the ocean. And so, like, Scott Manley is a genius dude. So he's doing the math on, like, what that distance is and how fast those had to be moving, (laughs) how fast that debris had to be going to be impacting the ocean at that point in the launch. Uh, it, it was it was just insane, the power of it. Like, I'm almost glad they didn't have a flame trench. I'm almost glad they didn't have water deluge. Just <laughs> to see this thing. It's well, like a of damage. like, not only did that test launch demonstrate how robust this system is. Uh, like, you know, there just had to be some structural engineers who, they're watching this thing cartwheel, and you know that's end of mission. But like, also look at it, cartwheel. Look at, look at it, look at it, look at my baby. Um. But so like, the demonstration of the the power of the thrust at launch, like to see like this. I, I don't know all the details on this concrete, but as far as I understand, like this is as good and as hard as concrete gets, <laughs> right? Yeah, in yeah. in modern society, uh, and to see this thing just eat a crater, to see it. Just absolutely chucking these massive, massive pieces of debris. Um, not what anybody wanted, but still kind of cool to see. Kind of a cool demonstration of power. Um, but then also, it just went to show like how robust their their orbital launch mount and their launch system is. Like the launch table's fine. Like it's level. It's what they've got to report some. They had to straighten out some rebar underneath. They've got to repour some concrete. They're going to install these plates. But otherwise. Uh, good to go they're, they're replacing some some plating but functionally yeah. everything's fine I,
1: that's one of the things i know that was launched in texas or whatever that was one of the things that i i do miss about being in florida is being able to go and see those launches on a regular basis and hearing them come back in like when was the space shuttle i remember that growing up the first time i heard that space shuttle coming back in with the sonic booms the double sonic booms and and all of that kind of stuff but I, I actually, I think maybe twice. In fact, the last time I ever went out and even saw a, a launch, I think uh, uh, he—I he, know he listens to the podcast too. Uh, I don't know if he wants his name on here, but we—we we, his nickname was Chingles uh, that we called him. But we went out there with him and his wife and, and kids and stuff, and we actually watched one of those last launches. Um, not not long before we ended up moving from Florida or whatever, and and we were we were right off of the Banana River, kind of where the Air Force Base even begins yeah. in that area. Spa, spa, okay, so space you're, you're force, space
0: force space force base now, sir, but
1: <laughs> so well yeah, uh but uh, so you're you're in that area and and man, like even being miles away from where that launch is, you still feel it like it shakes your body, it's this 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 gutural just low rumble that just going I can't fathom the difference between that experience to where it is now, uh when they're starting to to launch those and being anywhere even remotely close. Uh, to, to feeling that in your body and how oh crazy. dude i
0: mean yeah there like there's there's a starship launch uh launch tower and launch orbital launch mount under construction at kennedy right now at the world's most famous launch pad at 39a yeah. where many many space shuttles launch from where every uh mission to the moon launched from there's a starship tower out there, and it it dwarfs like the old uh vertical like the when you watch uh, the Falcon Heavy launches now uh, and some of the Falcon 9 launches, all the man Falcon 9 launches right now um, out at 39A, that that launch tower, that structure you see there, that's the same one that was there for the shuttle launches. Mm-hmm. They just removed the the service arm that they could use to protect the shuttle and, and vertically integrate uh, payloads into the shuttle. That's gone now, but that square that's there, that's what was there for the shuttles and this launch tower for starship just freaking dwarfs it i mean just it (laughs) makes it look it's like it's its child it's like the launch pad is out for a stroll on the beach (laughs) with its launch pad it's launch tower uh child
1: i'd love to get back out there it's been so many years since we've been able to be out there i know we we took the girls out when we were there um i'm trying to trying to remember who was out there um but there is uh um Oh, good Lord. I can't think of who it was now, but anyways, we were out there and, and uh, man, it was, it was an amazing time, but the girls were so young at that point. In fact, I don't even think Ariana was born uh, at that point yet. It was just Jocelyn, but Jocelyn was still in a little stroller. We were pushing her around and I guarantee she doesn't remember any of that stuff. And I'd love to take them out there to kind of experience that because of where things are going today to understand that that change of, of, uh, I think it was Buzz Aldrin was actually who it was that was out there. I mean, we were like 30 feet away from him yeah. and he was just doing like talking about whatever was going on or whatever. And some big event was going on that, that time we were out there, but man, it's just, it it would be so cool to take them even out there and, and let them experience stuff like that. I would love to experience the new changes because I guarantee just over this last 10 years or so, there's been so much radical change, um, that's taken place in, and just space travel and the things in space it's it's just crazy
0: what's insane right now like if you can get to central florida one if you can if you can make sure you're going to be here for five six seven days odds are pretty good you can watch a launch while you're here Uh, like spacex's falcon 9 launch cadence has been like one every four and a half days so far this year now occasionally that's a west coast launch out of vandenberg but most of them are are from here Mm -hmm. um uh, here on the Space Coast now, you can see Falcon 9 launches regularly. Every manned Falcon 9 launch is is here from Pad 39A. For now, um, uh, NASA is a little bit concerned about the risk to the Pad 39A from Starship launches and potential landings. <laughs> it seems like that might be a little merited at this point. Uh, <laughs> so since 39A is the only Pad from which we can launch astronauts from U.S. soil right now. Um, SpaceX also – so there's there's 39A and B, and those are at Kennedy Space Center. Every other launch pad out there um, is referred to as Slick slc because uh, it's Space Launch uh, Complex, so it's part of the Space Force Base. So SpaceX uses pad 39A, and they also use SLIC-40. Um, uh, ULA uses SLIC-41 for Atlas uh, five launches – of course, the Atlas V, Delta IV Heavy are about to be phased out for Vulcan. So mm-hmm. here in Central Florida, so they're adding uh, a crew service arm at Slick 40 so that we can do man launches from Slick 42 because two is one and one is none. And that way, if Starship, um, you know, causes some boo-boos on 39A, we can still <laughs> get astronauts to space. Um, but so from Central Florida, already right now, you can watch all these Falcon 9s launch. You can watch the occasional uh, Atlas V uh, launch, I think the last Delta four heavy launch is going to be from here it 's the only place in the world you can watch a Falcon Heavy launch. We just watched one the other night and it popped off around eight thirty. I have video from like my camera at my front door of my son screaming his head off. He was so excited. He had watched it, you know, they had gotten down to like 90 seconds in the count and scrubbed. He's literally on the front porch. I've got the video listeners. He's going, yeah, no scrubs, no scrubs, go. <laughs> I mean, just just stoked out of his mind. only place in the world you can watch a Falcon Heavy launch right now. Uh, by the way, Mr. Nostalgia, if you can happen to be down here for a Falcon Heavy launch, and it's a return to launch site landing, you get a double sonic boom like, this, like the shuttle. Return. Yeah, I've
1: heard that, man. Um,
0: so... Soon here, hopefully soon, ULA will be launching their new heavy lift vehicle, the Vulcan, which will be flying with two Blue Origin Methalox engines, the BE-4s, and strap-on solid rocket boosters. New Glenn's going to be launching out here. Starship will be launching from here. Astra's launching out here. I mean, it's just... It's an unbelievable – and, you know, it's funny. It's hard not to look back with regret. I've lived here for so long. My family moved here in 1986, and it, you know this too. Like, it just got routine. Like, mm-hmm. we wouldn't know when shuttles were going up. We couldn't remember yeah. when they were coming back. I mean, it's – you know, there was that one – Yeah, it was the
1: sonic booms that, oh, yeah. oh, that's well, the shuttle. You know, yeah. <laughs> someone's throwing a rock on your roof is what it sounds like. For those of you that, that don't live in Florida and have never experienced that, It sounds like someone's literally throwing a giant rock the size of your head or your torso on top of your roof and it shakes your whole house. Like it's it's something huge. Yeah. It's like a transformer Uh,
0: exploding in your neighborhood. I mean, it's yeah. yeah. Um, So I, you know, I, I, I wish I could get those launches back. I wish I had been paying more attention uh, then, but I mean, space flight is as exciting, if not more exciting now uh, than it's ever
1: been. So it's, it's a cool time to, to be here and have, have access for sure. Speaking, speaking of all the launches and stuff, have you heard about this? Uh, I think they're, they're based out of, like, Vermont or something like that, Delaware, like a, a weird place. Uh, I love the name of the, the, the actual business. It's called Rogue Space Systems Corporation. Have you heard about uh-huh. them? <laughs> so they're their they're big thing that they're focusing on. And again, because of all of this drastic change that's taking in space, they're creating and making something called Orbots because they're made to literally be launched into space and they're like little mini wallies uh, from from like the Disney movie they're like little mini wallies that float around space and they're able to uh, they have AI that's built into them and all this extra stuff where they can pre-program it and it's able to kind of think on its own but to uh, go up to satellites when they have for people that don't realize, Uh, Satellites have a a lifespan uh, that they're up there, and then usually they'll either just continue floating around for a long time or they force them to crash in a safe place, at least if they're responsible, like here in the States. Uh, It's not necessarily the same thing for other countries, but you have these orbots that they're sending up into space, and the purpose is for them to find these satellites that are out there to literally articulate, to fix, to repair, or to, to permanently disable satellites and stuff that's out there. Um, so it's like little wallies are going to be floating around in the sky at some point, not too far in the future, uh, which is kind of, I, I loved the name. I saw the name and I'm like, oh my gosh, man, rogue space systems. If they don't, Just remind Star Wars. if
0: they don't put faces on them, they can lose my number. <laughs> they need to have faces. They need to have eyes. They need to emote. Um, I need these things to be likable. Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> It's a crazy thought. I mean, that's another one of those that could just man, it could be manipulated and used yeah. for very, very wrong reasons and purposes. So makes me glad we're the ones that are doing it. Yeah.
0: Or or they need to, uh, you know, with a name like Rogue Systems, they're orb like if they have any kind of design delivery to them, uh, you know, they need to look like navigation droids. Like it needs to look like an R two <laughs> or an R five or you know, like they really need to to play up the uh uh
1: that would be amazing.
0: Thing. I mean, well, that's like uh, I always, appre- you know, sci-fi nerd that I am. I always appreciated as a Firefly fan that the Firefly, the aerospace company trying to build rockets, uh, like their their engines. They named them Reavers. Uh-huh. And like, oh, okay, yeah, you guys are proper nerds. I like it. So,
1: yeah, I've been kind uh, of, kind of, kind of going along with those. Uh, Halo is one of those games that I always loved. I was, I was more of an Xbox fan. Um, Than I was a PlayStation by all means, and one of the big reasons was because of Halo. Yeah, and uh, they have Cortana is is the main AI that is in that game for those of th- those of you that have played it or whatever. Uh, so then when when Microsoft was coming out with their phones and they were referring to uh, their little, it, it, I think they've changed the name at this point. But when it first started coming on, out, like uh, kind of like the Echo Dot and all that kind of stuff, yeah. they were calling it Cortana. Oh, I'm like, oh my gosh, man! It <laughs> just yeah. brings that whole thing back in.
0: Yeah, no, I loved it. So, exciting times, man. Well, brother, listen, I uh, I put out some some shorter for us episodes uh the last couple of weeks. Uh we've more than made up for it tonight. <laughs> now that How we're we uh, have. coming up Maybe on we the, a uh,
1: wide range of subjects here tonight.
0: Coming up on the 2 hour and 20 minute mark and uh you know, listeners, uh if you're with us still, uh you're a trooper. Thanks. It might just be our moms. Might just we might have recorded long <laughs> enough to whittle it just down to the moms. Which, hi, Mom. But uh, listeners, of course, love you and appreciate you for sticking with us. Jason, appreciate you coming on. As always, always a good time. Uh, Listeners, if you want to support the podcast, the easiest thing you can do, and it's free, subscribe, follow. Not on the social medias, though we're there. You can follow us on Instagram. But whatever podcast app you're on right now, easiest thing in the world you can do to help the podcast out. Click follow. Click subscribe. Whatever it lets you do. Give us a thumbs up. Give us five stars. Submit a review. We, re- we read every single one of them uh, and, and appreciate those. And uh, that just helps uh, the algorithms tell other people about us, helps them find the show. Stop by the website if you haven't already, solid7podcast.com, solid7podcast.com. The there's always links to the latest episodes. Uh, there's affiliates and deals on there. Uh, we've got a, a link to... Uh, bulletproof Bands now. Kadri Dan was uh, kind enough to extend a promo code to listeners. So you can go to Bulletproof Bands, uh, use the promo code Solid7, get a discount yourself, and, and some of your purchase will, will go to support uh, Force Blue. Uh, you know, links to Origin, Jocko Fuel, Go Ruck, um, Tuttle Twins. Any purchase you make at any of those, not only do you get some awesome stuff, for yourself, uh, but a little bit goes to help support the podcast. You can use that same promo code Solid Seven uh, at both uh, Jocko Fuel and Origin, Maine, uh, and get yourself a ten percent uh, discount at those. So, all kinds of love for you there. Uh, the website is it's just fun, just a happy place uh, to be. So, stop by uh, if you haven't already. Say hi, show us uh, a little bit of love. And uh, Jason, any any parting parting wisdom for the people? We got. Be be good humans. Amen. Be good human. Solid solid advice. Uh, yeah, don't suck less. <laughs> just, <Yes. laughs> just, just simple not easy. Suck less. So, well brother, I love you. Listeners, we love you and until next week, we're out. The Solid 7 Podcast is fueled by Jocko Go, engineered for anyone who wants to get after it in life, pre-meeting, pre-testing, pre-negotiation, or pre-mission. If you're looking for an extra cognitive or physical edge, Jocko Go is your force multiplier. With 95 milligrams of caffeine and zero sugar, the keto-friendly Jocko Go will give you a physical and cognitive boost without the crash that you experience with average energy drinks. Visit JockoFuel.com today. And you can use our promo code SOLID7, that's S-O-L-I-D-7, to get 10% off your order, get on the path, and get after it. Oh, and because lawyers exist, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and this product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.